Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 345. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out July 12th, 2017. <laughs> then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're talking about something that Paul actually brought to the table a couple of weeks ago, but it kind of got pushed back just with trading policies and lookbacks. Uh, Paul, this is all about slipping sales. Yep, yep. This is about uh, Marvel had a press uh, conference saying, you know what, maybe us going diverse isn't, you know, paid off as well. Maybe it's our, our, our expansion diversity uh, has caused us to lose market share. Because over the past, uh, I believe, three months, DCs actually took over the top spot for comics again. And people, and it caused a, kind of an uproar on the internet. Uh, and we're going to talk about that, but talk about what actually gets us to go to the, well, digital shop now to actually go buy books. What got us into really into becoming the what comic book What got us nerds. into being comic book fans and what maybe keeps us here. Yeah. So we'll talk might about also, a po- Might be a podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> also, what gets us up in the morning? Drinking. Oh, definitely. It's the first thing I think about in the morning and last thing I think about at night. Uh, and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that this is the summer of the tall boy can. Uh, this has been the year of the tall boy can for Paul and <laughs> yeah. I. Ever since uh, Nimble Giant last year, and we're almost we're at the year anniversary of that. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, Seven fifteen, I believe, was my first time I had a Nimble Giant. Yes, and uh, we're just that's the tr- the Trogues one. Yep. 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 Okay, I just want to make sure we had that last week. Yes, we did. On, on, the sh- on, the show. on the show and together. Uh, Chris, are you drinking a Tall Boy? Is that why you say it's the summer slash year of Tall Boys? Uh, I, I am drinking a Tall Boy, and this is from Big Storm Brewing Company out of Tampa, Florida. And this is their Palm Bender Gulf Coast IPA. Um, it says this ale pairs well with smoked prime rib, pork belly, and Grand Marnier souffle. So they are. Amen. <laughs> They are aiming high on this one. Uh, 7.3% ABV. Uh, tall boy can. It cost me like two, I think 59 or something at my beer store because I did a craft your own six pack. So I grabbed this and then another pale ale from Big Storm. Um, they say keep and serve cold as hail. H-A-I-L. A little, little play on how it should be served and cold as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. I... I'm trying to place the kind of hop it is. It's more along the lines of like that um, Cascady hop, the kind of hop that I like. It's a little bit more floral than the piney, kind of like a drying citrus on it. I I dig this. Um, if I saw this on tap somewhere, I would definitely get it, especially if it was like the same price, like two fifty nine for like a full mm-hmm. pint of this is is fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate this beer, and honestly, the only reason I picked it up is because. I knew you guys were doing tall boy cans, so I was like, i got to find something in a can. And when I was walking around the store, not a lot of stuff comes in the tall boys down here. Um, they have the like the big pounder cans of the Founders All Day IPA, which, as great as that is, I didn't want to bring that to the table again. Because, I mean, we, we yeah. talked about it before. That's yeah. also, like, they call them the smokestack cans because yeah, yeah. they're even bigger. They're a little taller. Do they actually have more fluid ounces in them? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like it's like... <laughs> Two almost two 
twelve ounce cans like on top. So it's of a twenty four instead of yeah. I think it's a twenty ounce. A I twenty think. ounce. What? Yeah. Wow. But it's it's Founders All Day IPA. Like it's it's so drinkable. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't oh, see any issues with that. Um, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to the other beer from Big Storm that I picked up. Man, like this is a great drinkable IPA. Like this is an IPA for people that are like, oh, I'm not sure about IPAs. It's it's very pleasant, and I say that in the in the best way possible. Uh, and we are drinking from Single Cut. This is is this the real life IPA? This is a double dry hopped version of this beer. Uh, 7.2% tall boy can. Mm-hmm. Um, Woo! <laughs> Summer Tall Boys. It's your summer, Chris. It's just going to make the same joke. I knew it. Because um, I'm wearing one of your uh, t-shirts that you gave me. And I'm like, man, this is short on me. I don't understand how Tall Boy Chris wears this. <laughs> but that's probably why you gave it to me. Because you probably couldn't wear it. It all uh, makes sense now. I was so, going to say, every summer is a summer for Tall Boys with me. I um, just gave myself the thumbs. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you know what that means. It's oh. not dirty. Well, I hope that you take it, you, like you selfie yourself, giving yourself the thumbs up, and then post it to the Facebook face, the uh, Vegan Board Facebook page. Nope. <laughs> Talk about your beer. <laughs> uh, so, is this the real life? Is a big juice bomb, juicy IPA. Uh, with them dry hopping this, you get that mm-hmm. juice kind of right on the front, but then it turns dry. into dry. Um, hoppy, hoppy bitterness mm-hmm. on the back end. It's the pithiness that you talk about sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and um, orange juice up front, and then you're left with nothing but the nothing but the rind. Rind, yeah. Uh, and it's I, good. It's good. I like it, but it takes away from that juice bomb that this beer is. Yeah, because uh, you get a little hint of what the beer should be, and then it's almost overshadowed with. The dry hopping. I still think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I put it above the last single cup we had. Billy, the Billy Watt? Ooh, Billy Watt. So it's above the other one that we also had. So I think it would go Weird and Gilly, Billy Watt. Next is week. This, is this? Weird and Gilly. Yeah. Is this real life? Uh, whatever the other one is. Yeah. Uh, workers, point, are, workers are going home. The Stout. Imperial Stout. Oh, that's the Imperial Stout? No, Heavy Hoots of Lead. That's the... There's so many stupid names. Yeah. Uh, I only like to keep track now of the ones I really like. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> but I keep on forgetting the names. So, uh, Weird and Gilly, I think, is definitely number one. Billy Watt, and I think, um, Is This the Real Life, are kind of neck and neck for two. Mm. Um, so, two and... So, you do really like this. I, I like... The undry hopped version of this. Oh, I do this like this. This would probably go in the top. So there's another version of this? Yeah, the undry hopped version that's just a juice bomb. What? Are you never listening to me? No, because I explained don't... this. No, I, I explained don't... how I felt about this you beer. You saw Baby Driver last <laughs> I saw Baby Driver. I Before we recorded, I, I talked about how I just saw Baby Driver uh-huh. and how good it was, and I talked about it. Endlessly, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we went and saw the movie." And Paul's like, "What movie did you see?" <laughs> no, I'm like, "All right, you said Baby Driver." I didn't even answer you. Chris answered. He's like, "Baby Driver, 
idiot. I was coming up to them with the realization as soon as I said it. And <laughs> Chris confirmed that I was an idiot. Uh, no, no, I I only half listen to you. <laughs> I'm busy with the show. You're not. What are you looking? You're looking at Jim, Jim and the holograms. And Chris dropped the call, so I had to answer. Yeah, Chris. I, I accidentally closed <laughs> Skype. On my I'm very phone, busy producing. I'm sorry, you, I yeah. forgot to look at the panel that you sent me, so I was just going to look at it again, and then I was closing cards on my phone, and I realized... See, I even Chris is looking at the panel. It doesn't even matter. He's just looking at, like, he's looking at the first page of Gem and the Holograms. Yeah, because it's <laughs> the panel. Spoiler alert! It's is what it? we're doing for dramatic reading. What? Anyways, let's get to news. <laughs> let's get to news. So where would this... Wait, before we go, move on. So this wouldn't fall in your top five of the dry hop version. The regular version, which I was not aware of and I missed that you said there was a regular version. Yeah. I'm sorry for that. That would not, this one would not make the top five, but the regular version makes, is neck and neck for number two. It's in the neck and neck for number two. Up against Bill. Up against Billy. And uh, so where would this one fall? It'd probably fall just after the top five i i would uh, this we, isn't we bad to, we need to this try bonbon bon again i would like to try a good version of bonbon and tnt it's that's the same beer that's the same beer huh? yeah see i'm confused there's these stupid names <laughs> and then no, and then it's the stupid names plus then there's the asterisk version with the oh this is a dry hop version of that beer that you don't remember because we have stupid names for uh, yeah so, so yeah we need to try a good totally. version of Bon Bon. Or TNT. <clears throat> whatever it's called. And we also got to try to get into the news. We do. So, uh, big news well, this I, week. I, I think we do want to start off with the uh, Begging Board Summer Blockbuster movie Bracket Buster. Oh, yeah. Let's take a, a quick Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming came out this weekend, and it's it's performing really well. And it's not just like commercially, but critically as well. Yeah, it's certified fresh, guys, over at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there was a couple, I saw one news article posted that, uh, hey, critically acclaimed superhero movies, what's up with that? Like Wonder Woman, critically acclaimed, uh, this one, the, the Captain America, wow, this is a thing now. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming opened on Friday with $50.5 million. Unfortunately, we're recording early on Sunday, so we don't have the official, the official estimate from Box Office Mojo, but, uh, the, there's, they're, uh, projecting 120 million, uh, opening weekend, which is about 20 million behind Guardians of the Galaxy and 20 million dollars in front of Wonder Woman. So it's right I'm, in the middle of the big three. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of comes out from today being Sunday for this movie because it's gotten a lot of positive word of mouth. Like people I know that aren't even fans of seeing like, you know, the Marvel movies are like, Oh, I, I, I've heard really good things about Spider-Man. Have you seen it? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm wanting to, I haven't seen it yet, but um, that's all my plans for tonight. But yes, I, I think Spider-Man's back and people are excited for it. Yeah, Spider-Man's the one character. Like, going into pre-Marvel blowing up, like, nobody knew who Iron Man was, but everybody knew who Spider-Man was. So it makes sense that, you know, Spider-Man should be in that 
public zeitgeist. It should be the Guardians of the Galaxy should not make more money than a Spider-Man movie. But here we are. We we live in the world where that does. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, because we've been like so going, forced well, Spider-Man movies. Well, going back even like two years ago when it was announced that hey they were doing a Civil War movie over at Marvel. People are like, oh, Spider-Man's in it, though. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And I think everyone just has this collective response towards Spider-Man. And, like, you you love him, even if you're not a fan of the movies or the, the comic books. Like, Spider-Man's just kind of one of those focal points for pop culture where you you want to protect him. You want to do right by Spider-Man because it's Spider-Man, you know? Because He's important. you got to be his – you got to cheer for him because nobody else is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sad sack Peter Parker. You got you know, he's the lovable screw-up. But he's not a screw-up, he's just... He's that working-class hero. Yeah. But he's not... He doesn't feel like a working-class hero because he's a scientist genius. It's very... Yeah. I still don't under, quite understand the... That thread for Peter Parker that makes Peter Parker Peter Parker, and I think that's what makes him kind of unique. You know, because I don't... He's not... He's not that... Uh, what is that... Uh, uh, prototype, not prototype, that epitome of a character. He's not a archetype. You know, he's he's pulling from a bunch of different things, and somehow it works in the Peter Parker. He's not an adult superhero. He's a teenage superhero. And that might be from someone like Stan Lee, mm-hmm. who uh, created that character because it was something that he really wanted to write to stand out different than those other superheroes. Yeah, yeah he wanted to have a, a teenage superhero like. His bosses at Marvel are like, no, teenage characters can't be heroes. They're sidekicks. Sidekicks only. Yeah, and uh, luckily, Joanne Lee, which probably wasn't her, isn't her real last name, but I guess when he changed his name, he she changed hers, uh, passed away this week uh, at the age of 95? I thought 93. 93? Yeah, 93. Ooh, still. Oof, that is still. A nice, that's old. <laughs> that's, that's a nice long life. You know, 93 pretty good oh definitely uh and it was awesome uh chris you were talking about this because i said i have no idea who joanne lee is really i i wasn't even aware that stan lee was married yeah um this is something like like we we talked before the show about like hey what we have to bring for news and the like um and we we mentioned the fact that stan lee's life i'm sorry stan lee's wife passed away and if that was something that we should talk about and normally, I I don't think it's something that is worth really mentioning. I mean, we tend to talk more about, like, the figures themselves, not their ancillary lights. Except for Donald Logue's daughter today. <laughs> um, uh, but she was... <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch just threw an empty beer can and hit me in the head! <laughs> and he got beer in my eye! I'm trying to make sure it was empty, that's why I did the shake. <laughs> Uh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> but Stan's wife was a key back. factor in him actually creating characters like Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four because he was unsure about, hey, should I do this? I don't, I don't know what I should do. And she was really just there behind him saying, like, no, like, Amazing Fantasy, this book's about to be canceled. Do what you want to do. Write the story you want to write. And he wrote Spider-Man. He wanted to create a family of superheroes, and everyone was like, uh, no, family books don't sell. 
And she was like, no, write a book that you want to write. Do something that you're going to be proud of. And then he fucking created the Fantastic Four. Um, she, she was an important figure in his life. He actually based the character of Gwen Stacy off of her. Uh, it's... So I think she does bear mention for, for The Weekend Geek. And, you know, being something that uh, propelled Stanley to greatness. Yeah. It's great to have that inspiration behind it. And I didn't realize, and that's a great story. That is a great love story right in and of itself. Uh, a great anger story is when your friend passes you a can just to point out the IBUs on it, even though your, <laughs> your friend knows that IBUs are bullshit and it gets you angry every time, and he ex- doesn't expect that can to end up in his face. <laughs> and then gets well, angry at you for it. Well, the double dry, it's double dry hopped, totaling 116 IBUs. And this actually does have a bitterness to it. And I was just showing you, like, this actually makes sense saying 116 IBUs. No, you're just trying to trigger me. That's... <laughs> Because they're uh, using those extra so, hops to bitter it. Side talk, do you guys have another beer you're going to talk about before the Lagunitas, or... We can. Yeah. We, we totally can. can. We I don't know. If, we got I didn't long. ask if you can. I asked if you did, because yeah. I, I kind of want to crack my other big storm. Yeah. Crack your other big storm. Yeah. Well, I'm done with mine. I'll go grab the, the uh, two claw. Uh, because we got the other... Oh, one. what'd you get from Dewclaw? I saw them at the store, but I didn't pick it up. You get Dewclaw down there? You got, you got, um, you're supposed to get the peanut butter porter. Um, like there was a bunch of Declaw stuff I saw when I was at the store, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, because I think it's something fresh down here because I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, but I think I saw like three or four different things from them. They do what is it? Sweet Baby Jesus, the peanut butter. Yeah, that, that one was down there. Oh so man, I saw Sweet Baby Jesus. I, uh, I'm gonna start sending you money so you can send that <laughs> to me because that's one of my wife's favorite beers. Uh, no, we got the Westbrook Two Claw. That we will be drinking a little bit. Oh, I thought you, I'm sorry. I thought you said Duclaw. Yeah, no. Well, it's... Slipping sales. Yeah, it's slipping sales. Uh, other news... Before the is, show, Paul said sloping sales, but John and I heard slipping sales. Uh, but uh, also, talking about shows, Supergirl is getting a recasting. Uh, a Lon, or Lana Lang from... Not, no, Lois Lane from Smallville. Erica... Erica Durance. Uh, Durance. She will now be playing Supergirl's mother and also Aunt Astra on the show. Uh, the woman that was originally playing them with uh, them moving the show up to Vancouver has found it hard to be able to do her other work uh, in New York City, you know, the travel schedule. So Erica... What is she doing? Durdance is... The woman uh, hasn't had a career. No, no. Er- Erica Durrance is coming on to the show. No, I know. the other woman that played... That played, yeah. A, a, she was sure. the original Supergirl in the really bad '80s movie. Is that her? No, that's that's the girl that plays Indigo. No, the it's the original uh, the '80s. I have watched Supergirl. Is this like a like huge changeout, or is it a character that's appeared in like two episodes? No, no. Almost every episode you ha- oh, have. Oh, okay. Her. Wow. It's basically. Kara being like, I don't know how to defeat this villain. And then she goes to her ship and talks to the hologram of her mother. Oh, that one. Gotcha. Or she's... And the same actress plays her the twin sister of Astra, uh, who was the main villain the first season, basically. Uh, and I don't know... I haven't seen past... I haven't finished the first season yet of Supergirl. So I don't know if Astra somehow uh, continues on. Or if she's defeated. Because I don't want to get spoilers. Or something that's 
two seasons old now. Uh, season three is going to be uh, airing starting October seventh, two thousand seventeen, or as John likes to say, seventeen. Seventeen. You do the whole dip. Uh, do you uh, do the dip? I am DB. <clears throat> what, what what's the other? What was the other uh, news that we had? I don't remember. You threw a beer can at me. <laughs> I, I was I was filling with that. So uh, oh, we were talking. Uh, uh, Hawkeye broke broke oh. both his wrists, uh, arms. Jeremy yeah. Renner uh, doing a stunt for another movie has uh, hurt both his arms, um, and uh, I, I don't we don't know exactly how that's going to fall and what he's going to be shooting for. Uh, the Avengers movie, uh, or uh, the what are they? In- Infinity Wars movie. Um, what has been really kind of nice is the different pictures that have been tweeted out from um, the filming of this. There's one of uh, a Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Cumberbatch, um, all right, Robert Downey Jr., uh, the guy, Long. the guy who plays Hulk. And Mark one, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, and then Mark one, Ruffalo. He's not from Buffalo. <clears throat> one other person, I forget who it is. It's Wong, Benedict Wong. Oh, thank you. Uh, they're You're all sitting welcome. in front of like they're all like having dinner and stuff. And what I loved is uh, it was tweeted out or Instagrammed out by Robert Downey Jr. and he he does a hashtag Beard Brothers <laughs> with for him and Benedict. That's what I thought was funny. Yeah, Beard Brothers and Science Bros. And then uh, there's another one that is an aerial shot. Wait a second. Before you go, well, did you notice that uh, the guy that plays Captain America, Chris, Chris, Evan, Chris Evans, Evans, says, you notice that I wasn't invited. Yeah. <laughs> Team Cap. Uh, and then there was a really, it was a fun one. It was an aerial shot of all of the uh, celebrity trailers for everyone who was in the movie. And there's just a ton of trailers in this small space. The, tra- the trailer um, well, part kind of, kind of <laughs> piggy, piggybacking off of that, too, there was, um, I, I want to say it was Scarlett Johansson sent out a tweet that was like, you know, biggest Marvel movie ever. Like, we have 32 characters appearing in one scene alone. And then someone was like, oh, this is going to be a like, fuster cluck. And then, like, my only thought was, like, people said that about the original Avengers movie because you can't bring, you know, like, five superheroes together in one movie. It just won't work. I, I have faith in this kind of thing now. I said that originally about the first one. I'm like, it could go either way, guys. It could be, you know, remember X3? X3 was a horrible movie because they tried to do too much. No, X3 was a horrible movie because of the director. Yeah. And, uh, X3 was a horrible movie, period. Like, you don't need to, like, follow that up with anything else. And that's Don't and, tell Greg that, though. Greg loved it. Uh, Greg has no. been converted. no. Greg wasn't a fan of X3. He liked Oh, First Class. First was Class liked, was the yeah. one that he liked. And then he went back it. to watch it a couple times sober, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a crap movie. Because <laughs> uh-huh. he finally gave up the whole opinion. No, she's Emma Frost, so she, of course she's acting stiff, and she's because she's a diamond queen. And I'm like, what? No. Emma's Ross uh, shouldn't it be that. What stuff? I love is he just—he's just been listening to our podcast. Uh, he's one of our only listeners, mm-hmm. and he actually realized that we're right all the time. So he just was like, <laughs> "Oh, I, I gotta—I gotta give it to these guys. They know what they're talking about." Except when he listens to me, he knows. Oh, that's the wrong opinion to have. <laughs> that's that's where if I was going to be wrong, that's the wrong opinion to have. That's, that's uh, kind of sorta. Mm-hmm. 
being wrong so you don't have to since 2009. <laughs> right? 2009? 2009. Uh, yeah. I know a couple of weeks ago we had said that uh, our birthday was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's actually today. It's the ninth. Hey, happy birthday. Uh, because I on Facebook you can see your um, previous tweets on this day, and it was like, oh, I just recorded... I just recorded a podcast today. Huh. What's a podcast? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much what I said. I knew it was around 4th of July. I'm pretty sure we we actually had started before the 4th. See, I thought so because we were talking about it at a party, but it must have been the fry party. I think so. That sounds uh, correct. So we share a birthday with America? No, obviously not. Oh, okay. Anyway. So, no, the fry party, that was your, like, the fifth, I think. Yeah, because we were trying to log in, and Scott, producer Scott, just changed the password to something that was ridiculous. And I'm like, I got locked out of the account three different times and was just getting angry. <laughs> uh, John Weatherwax, July 9th, 2009, at 11.22 a.m., recorded the first podcast for the website I write on. It will be up on iTunes and Zune in a couple days. <laughs> I was thinking about digging out my Zune after the uh, that that uh, ending for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, by the way. They, they mentioned the Zune. They mentioned the Microsoft Zune. It's what everybody listens to. And Laurel uh, Benetti, I, I don't see a a, a a thing for her. She played. She was originally playing. Uh, uh, so I, yeah, I was thinking I, I wasn't listening to you. Mm-hmm. Allow me to throw a beer can at you. Uh, uh, did I point at something in the beer can that would obviously make you angry? No, then you can't. Can't. That's the rule. <laughs> there, I, there's bitter to this beer, and it actually has like 160 IBUs. I was just 116. I was just trying to point that out. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, look at this. This is actually. It actually makes sense on this can that they dry hopped. With that much bittering to give it a bitter finish. Son of a bitch! With my time off from work, what I'm going to do is create the McGowan scale (laughs) for bitter. And I want that to be on Kansas. Oh my gosh, I want want breweries to start using the McGowan scale. And also, also, like, you don't get anything for (laughs) it. No. Scoville doesn't get anything for the Scoville units of heat. He's living in a trailer. (laughs) Yeah. With all the other celebrities at. Infinity War over at Marvel. You just drive your trailer up and like, who's that guy playing? I don't know, Reed Richards. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You yeah. hit me in the head with a beer can and I gave you a compliment, you dick. <laughs> Thank you. Stop trying to trigger hey, me. Hey, what are you reading this week? July 7th, no, 12th. something. Wait, Chris has got more news. Yeah, um... <laughs> This past weekend over on the Disney YouTube page, they actually debuted the first of their Forces of Destiny short cartoons. And Forces of Destiny is something that they actually announced at the Star Wars Celebration this year, where it was going to be a bunch of short clips um, dedicated to telling the continuing tales of the females of the Star Wars universe. So your Sokotano, your Rey, whatever her last name is going to be, <clears throat> Padme, Princess Leia. Um, short, just fun little clips that they can debut, keep the Star Wars franchise going uh, in what looks like a 2D animation style. Um, 
You can watch them all over at the Disney YouTube page right now. And they're actually debuting today as we're recording this oh. Sunday, July 9th on Disney XD. Throughout the day, they're going to be showing the different episodes. So is this... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and this actually, it reminds me a lot of the original Clone Wars cartoon that they had on Cartoon Network by uh, Gendy Tartofsky, where it's just short, like, five-minute episodes. Yeah, uh, Samurai Jack, Dexter's Laboratory, uh, pretty much everything you love from Cartoon Network mm-hmm. in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, they do have voice acting, though, which kind of sets them apart from the original Clone Wars cartoons. And they're kind of... They're short, like, clips that are cemented in, like, one point in time in the Star Wars universe, so it's actually adding some depth to scenes that you might not have seen before. So, example, the Ray one, which Ray is actually voiced by Daisy Ridley, so these can be, like, considered canon. It's her traveling across the desert with BB-8, and they get attacked by a monster that eats junk. Um, Then, like, the second Ray episode kind of continues on with them running into the one alien creature that tried to, like, capture BB-8 in his net. Um, I can't remember his name, like, Tito or whatever. Uh, they're, they're really fun. They're they're free to watch, just the Disney YouTube channel. I'm sure they'll be, like, showing them throughout, like, the upcoming month on Disney XD as well. But it's, it's worth watching. Like, they're really fun, and I'm glad they're doing something kind of different for Star Wars because it's such a great time to be a Star Wars fan right now. I mean, between the movies, the comics, video games, now we're getting this cartoon alongside something like Star Wars Rebels. We're getting so much awesome Star Wars content right now that this is perfect. Like, I can't wait for more. Chris, after visiting you down in uh, Florida and watching an episode with Star Wars Rebels with you, I actually uh, purchased the first season on uh, Amazon. And I started watching oh, cool. that while I was painting some of the uh, Star Wars miniatures that I have from uh, the Imperial Assault set. Mm-hmm. You know, painting, you had to paint up the stormtroopers to be white. They can't just be, you know, gray plastic. So yeah, uh, I also just finished watching the first season. Oh, I haven't finished yet. I'm like slowly watching it. I've only seen three episodes so far, and I'm like, it, wait, where's Ahsoka Tana? Because she's supposed to be. She was the last episode of the. Ah, yeah. I gotta wait that long. <laughs> <clears throat> so when you were it's saying not that long of a season, though, no, too. no, it's, yeah, it goes it goes pretty quick. Um, but I was no, I mean, so spoilers for a cartoon that came out like. Well, I'm going to take ago. my headphones off because I haven't seen it. No, that's what I was just saying. Like she shows up. Like, All he said is like, "Yo, she shows." Uh, up. Shoot it. <laughs> I already told you she does the last episode. Oh, okay. That was but the, she's a stronger she's a stronger present in season two. Oh, cool! Because in hearing this, I'm like, oh, cool. Snips lives. Or I'm I'm excited I'm excited to see more of her story, but if it's like if this series of, of Destiny is just showing those like extended scenes of what's already happened and I'm not getting a new story with her, I'm a little less excited. Uh, no, you, um, you got to get season two. Right? No, actually, like the Forces of Destiny stuff, like the episode for Ahsoka actually takes place during the Clone Wars, so like you you see Anakin and Yoda in it. Mm. See, in Forces of Destiny, man. That's also the name of a set from Star Wars, uh, the dice collecting game from Fantasy Flight. So, Star Wars Destiny is a collectible dice game where it comes with cards and everything. It's called Forces of Destiny. And this is called Forces of Destiny. It's just very confusing for me. For you. Yes. 
No, <laughs> not for normal people. I but, think people uh, that are fans of board games might be. I think they'd be like, "Oh, cool! That's like the the dice game I have, but it's, it has nothing to do with it. But it's game. a separate entity, and I can enjoy both of these on the level that they're made to be enjoyed. But if I'm listening to something, and oh uh, god, am I playing a game or am I watching a video? I don't know. No, no. It's am I listening to people talk about the game that? I, I like, or are they talking about the videos that I like? I am not I sure. I feel like when you see the thumbnail and it's like a cartoon version of one of the beloved Star Wars characters, you know, oh, this isn't about the miniatures game. <laughs> but it's on YouTube, and that's where I go to watch my board game content. Well, then you have no problem watching these. You can you can stumble upon it and act like you just found it, and you're the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I, I, I do recommend Where's watching Where's another can of beer? I, I, think, in front of you. I think since like I saw the last one that debuted, they quote unquote like released or aired a couple more episodes. Because um, when I delved into this, they had two Ray ones, an Ahsoka Tano and a Princess Leia, and I think at this point now they have another Leia and another Ahsoka Tano, which is her and Padme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like check them out. It, they're short. It's maybe like two or three minutes per video. It's something to do while you're pooping. It's something to do while you're like waiting for dinner to cook. Like just just watch them and enjoy the Star Wars goodness. I watch so many YouTube videos while pooping. So <laughs> I don't know why you acted like that was an insane thing to say. That's, <clears throat> all right, that's the point of having a smartphone. <laughs> all right, and Wi-Fi. That's where I apply for new jobs. <laughs> That's that's the time. That's to get why you've done. only been finding shit jobs. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> uh, I think the last bit of news I had. Oh, is... Oh, we still got no news. We're still okay. the news. Uh, the last thing I had because I remembered it while Chris was talking was. Uh... I'm glad I opened this other beer because <laughs> this, this this episode, episode became longer long. than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the um, the next uh, DC animated movie is going to be Gotham by Gaslight, which is the uh, Mike Manola Mike Manola art. Uh, but this is Batman set in uh, Victorian eighteen fifty nine or something like that. Uh, is someone who's hunting down like a Jack the Ripper type. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this. Most of the animated movies, I just pass on um even if i hear good things because mm-hmm. i've heard good things before and not really dug them but this is one i i have an original i bought it on ebay the original printing it's really worn wow. out version of gotham by gaslight because it was the only way you could get it at the time um i have it in trade <clears throat> somewhere yeah, yeah. Uh, mine's like stamped from like some library that oh, really? somebody bought it, like, and then I bought it on eBay from them. Um, That's kind of cool. <clears throat> but it's a it's a kind of fun story. The look is great. I got it because of the time period, who he's mm-hmm. against, and who the artist was. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I really hope they kind of keep with a Mike Manola look art style. Yeah, they have that's, to. Yeah, that's the thing too with the DC directed DVD animation stuff. It was always very like respectful of the source material where the animation would reflect the art style. Um, I've kind of fallen off of them and that's kind of my fault because they've all been like really good. All the ones I've seen, I've enjoyed, but just, they kind of, they became another thing that DC was doing. And I kind of appreciated it more before when there was like, Oh no, we're, we're doing this 
like animated like version of you know Batman versus Superman like public enemies or uh, what's my call? Oh my, why am I blanking out? Um, you, you, you uh, Darwin New Cook, yeah, New Frontier. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was something that was like, wow, like that one is the awesome. one that killed the series apparently. And when they kind of started doing like, okay, Batman under the hood, Batman, Dark Knight, like, right, son of like, or... son of the like the demon. Like I was like, okay, now they're just doing like animated stories, and nothing wrong with that because all the ones I watched they were good, but it seemed just like something that they just kind of kept cranking out. Uh, I don't mean cranking out like they lost quality, but it's just like, okay, here's another one. Okay, well, it's another one. I don't need to keep up on They actually the came la- out. The last one that just came out was Batman and Harley Quinn, where the two of them team up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, killing Joke, which I guess a lot of people were unhappy because with. Because they split it into two parts, too. The Dark Knight Returns they split into oh, two parts. Oh, that's the one they split into. Uh, this one they showed like in movie theaters, and people oh, were yeah. pissed. And it was Mark Hamill coming back as the Joker, but they added like... They added the fact that Bruce that and Barbara Bruce had a and Barbara relationship. Were, yeah. And it was very <clears throat> weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the one. They were really selling the killing joke. And mm-hmm. what, and then I, I just heard how bad it was. Well, the, after DC New Frontier came out, the, you know, this has come out. Uh, they've talked about it at conventions and stuff. Like, that didn't sell well. So they decided, you know what, instead of trying to do branded. Justice League stuff anymore and actually follow the story, the comic book series, because the next one was supposed to be Teen Titans Judas Contract. Which they did do. They did eventually, but they shelved that and they're like, okay, what we're going to do is kind of do just Batman or Superman like headline things and just like almost do our own stories to try to get people interested. And they did the uh, the next one out was what Batman Gotham Stories? Which was the Animatrix version of Batman, where it was a bunch of different artists telling short stories um, from Batman, and then they kind of went with that for a while, and now they're finally going back to the comic book, you know, like going comic book inspired again. So I don't know. I, I've enjoyed like the Wonder Woman one. I did enjoy New Frontiers. I enjoyed the Superman, Supergirl Doomsday arc, uh, Crisis on Two Earths. The uh, the Green Lantern ones they've done were really good. <clears throat> I like the um, the Dark Knight Returns one was well done and it had uh, uh, Kevin Conroy. No, no? It, it was um, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, Peter Peter Sellers. No, Peter Peter Weber. Peter Peter Welker. No, Pete Welker. Peter Pete Welker, Welker does a say, lot that's, of cartoon voices. Uh, no, Peter, um, yeah, the Robocop, um, it's not Welker. Welker is the famous... Walker? I thought that was his name. Texas Ranger? <clears throat> I don't know. Hold on. I I'm not up. looking anything up on my phone. No. Because I don't want to get dropped again. How's that other beer that you're drinking what? right now? How's that beer that you're um, drinking? It's good. This is actually, an, like I said before, another from Big Storm Brewing, and this is their Florida Ale Tropic Pressure. Peter Weller. Um, Weller. I said Welker, I'm sorry. Uh, 4.4% ABV, uh, serve cold as hell again. Wow. Uh, and before I actually looked at the can for this one, I took a sip of it and I was like, this kind of reminds me of a watered down Great Lakes Christmas ale. Wow. And then when I, when I read the can, it said hibiscus, cinnamon, tropical, a highly drinkable Florida ale steeped with hibiscus flowers, 
for the perfect amount of natural sweetness. Um, but it does have that little bit of spice on the back end that makes me think of, like, this is almost like a watered-down Christmas beer. Um, and they do also say this beer, sorry, this ale pairs with hog snapper, scallops, and key lime pie. All right, what is hog snapper and why I visited I, I'm, I'm I visited you three fish. times in Florida and I've never had hog snapper. Come on, man. I, I, I've never had it either. I You're dropping here. the ball. Um, it's it's not bad. It's a nice drinkable ale. Um, again, mm-hmm. this I picked up in the craft room six pack. I think it was still like the like two fifty nine price point. It's not bad. I mean, it's nice. It's drinkable. Um, it's warmed up a little bit since I poured it, but that really doesn't affect it too much. It's just something to kind of sit around and drink. This is kind of one of those like sub bargatory beers where, where there's nothing wrong with it. But every time I take a sip of it, I'm just like, man, I would much rather have a Great Lakes Christmas ale that's really just like that packed full of flavor. And I'm not sure, but I know, Paul, you have one sitting on your desk, and it's been there for like eight months now. Uh, no, it's it's uh, not from this past Christmas. It's from the Christmas before. So yeah. we're we're going to reach two years on this beer, uh, this bottle of I think beer. I, got, I got one in my fridge, too. I have one in my fridge, too, that's just from the same six-pack. <clears throat> so we Ho- always... Hogsnapper is a type of fish, and also Hogsnapper Shack and Sushi is a restaurant. Oh, a type of I think they're talking about the, the type of fish. Yeah. But it, it's not bad. Um, I, d- I don't want to sound disparaging of it because, you know what? I would definitely try more from uh, Big Storm. I know I saw more stuff at the beer store when I went to go pick up beer for the show. Um, based off of how much I liked the uh, IPA, I, they, they're someone I kind of want to check out more of now. All because it came in a tall boy can. Because, mm. yes, this is another tall boy. Something nice. I will talk disparaging of is Westbrook Brewing Company's wow. Two Claw. So go, go for you it. Don't like it. You want to review it and give it positive? Yeah, go for it. Uh, this says that it is a rye Indian Pale Ale. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> Cross out uh, a rye, and it is a tropical, juicy. Tropical? It's 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 pineapple. That is pineapple off the top, my friend. It's not sweet. But that has a pineapple crispness. It's not a citrus, but it's definitely a tropical fruit. And I enjoy this quite a bit. Because it's big, it's fruity, it doesn't leave you dry. It's not that fruity. I think it is. Uh, I think I get sweet maltiness out of this, out of the most. Hmm. Um, this is a uh, four-pack, mm-hmm. uh, bigger version. They do a one-claw which is their normal IPA from Westbrook. This is only, what, 7.2? <clears throat> yeah, 7.2. Oh, and 7. 7. Uh, there is a uh, three-claw out there, which hopefully we can have sometime on the show, because if I can get it in, I'll bring it to the show. Um, I have never been wowed by Westbrook. Uh, even over Fourth um, of July weekend... They're, uh, they do a, uh, a goza, mm-hmm. and then they do their key lime pie version of that, uh, which I picked up. It's not, it's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. It gets a lot of hype, but it doesn't taste like a sour anymore. It just tastes like straight up you're drinking a can of lime juice. Mm-hmm. 
which was I love lime though. Which which was pleasant, but like um, two roads. When we mm-hmm. had game night, we had the two roads uh, Persian lime, which oh, that was good. Which was lime, but still was a sour. Your present wife was Cur- drinking current it. Current wife. Current wife. Uh, I thought we were going from future wife to present wife. No, I went current wife. Oh, current wife. Okay. Because uh, then she might wait. be past wife. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. All right. Future wife, current wife, past wife. All right. So, uh, anyways, current wife. Uh, she had. Uh, she was drinking that, and we had a sip, and I enjoyed it. But I didn't. I didn't drink a whole can of it or anything like that, so I'm not sure. And that's a tall boy can, too. Yeah, that was a tall boy because Two Roads is delicious and wonderful and delivers everything, like <laughs> it seems, in a tall boy can. Like everybody uh, should now. But even. But even you have the technology. You have the technology. Just do it. Just do it. And even with that tall boy sour can, like even when it warmed up, it still tasted. That was. My it question. still tasted yeah. good. Um. But I would pretty much stay away from Westbrook. I've never they're, had anything that really delivers from them that I'm... Their, their price point is expensive. Is expensive. It's very for, expensive. I think this is good. I'm not upset about it. I'm not, I don't want to disparage it in any way. I think it's, it's a good... But for the price point, for a four-pack, yeah, I, I would pick up New School... If it was a it's you for paid a twelve pack you paid eleven ninety nine for a four pack twelve ounce cans. Uh-huh. If it was eleven ninety nine and these were tall boys, I think it would be yeah, it would be more it'd be worth, worth it. it. Uh, but I can get new school for what eight ninety nine eight ninety nine. It's, it's oh, a better oh, that, tropical. Oh, it's way uh, that 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 is a tropical IPA. Yeah, this is this fr- is not this has a fruitiness it's, to it. Uh, I it's like sweet. It. It's sweet malty. Uh, I would say this is a poor version of um, but Mol- I, Molotov Light from Evil Twin. Yeah. Okay. And that was a malty, sweeter IPA that made me flash back to the early aughts IPAs that we loved. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> I just remember Molotov made me, like, black out. Uh, well, that was, was like, mo- mid-recording. That was Molotov Cocktail? Yeah. That was it was really thing good, but... That your current wife gave to me as soon as I walked in without having anything to eat. Because it was a work night. Yeah. Where I just have a peanut butter and jelly. She's like, no, you're drinking this. So I'm like, I should wait for dinner and also for John to get home. She's like, no, drink it now. Well, and then, I was gone. Well, also, I was like, oh, I was saving, I was saving that for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're good. Hence why we didn't have Molotov cocktail on the show, but Chris has. <laughs> oh, I sent the other. If it I, makes I, you I feel better, I can. I remember liking it, but I don't remember anything about it. Nope. Uh, that's yeah. a Molotov cocktail. That's yeah. that's the that's okay. the review. Okay, good. <laughs> it's good. Go you won't remember like, it. It's just good. I don't think this is worth it. No. It's it's not worth the price point. It's not it's not a bad beer. I I have okay. I have I have I'm If it almost, was on draft someplace, like Bargatory. Which it won't be because it. Here's point, the thing: if it was on Bargatory, I'd get it in a goblet and I'd pay too much for it. Yeah. Um. I, so I wouldn't get it in Bargatory. Uh. It is a Bargatory beer. I I don't think, I don't think it's it's worth the price point. I don't think it delivers on what it says it is. Now here's the thing too: is it says, um, you give me this store, at five ninety nine for a four pack, six ninety nine. Five ninety nine, you can get Narragansett Lager 
six pack tall boys. What was what was white IPA from Sarah? Seven ninety nine. Yes, like Saranac, That was a great price. He's like that's the price that. point that I need this to be at for me to be like, yeah, yes, but, this is a buy yeah. all the time. Beer. Uh, but if it, it was at that price point, I would be picking this regularly. But it is says store cold, which mm-hmm. it wasn't stored cold until you bought it. Oh, uh, drink fresh, which it's <laughs> bless you. Excuse me. You it's, can't tell. It's a, it's it's a month old. Uh, and then it says haze. Haze is intentional. I mean, we drank this out of the can, so we don't know how hazy it is. It's not a bad beer. We might not have had it under the best conditions, so I'm going to give it a bit of a pass. But it didn't deliver for eleven ninety nine for a four pack. It's a pass. Give it a pass, and you're passing it over. Um, I, I, you know, when I divorce myself from the price I paid. I'm like, okay, I, I'll drink that. It's it's not going to sit in my fridge for that long. In fact, it's not because I already had two of these and we're drinking the last two. <laughs> we drink the last two today. Today. Uh, it wasn't like one of the ones like, uh, you know what? I'd rather drink this instead. Like I did with Ghost Hammer and yeah. The Ripper and the other one. It, what was the other one from Juicy? What was the other? Saren- Stone? Stone. That, that uh, came enjoy in Enjoy by? Ooh, the Enjoy by and didn't enjoy. So... Yeah, it's not Ghost Hammer or uh, Juicy. Was it Juicy? The Ripper. 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 Yeah, but those Which, are six packs, and the Ripper is a decent. Yeah. It's a six pack at at nine ninety nine or ten ninety. But when I opened up my beer fridge, I would be like, "Oh, I could have that," or, yeah, or you could I could have, have everything else in my fridge. I kept on having everything else in my fridge. And this, like, Paul Paul oh, comes how- Paul comes to my beer shop, and he goes, he's usually picking up a single cut or something else mm-hmm. that I've been like, "Hey, I have this." And then he's like, what else is new? And I point stuff out. And then, like, even when you're buying this, I was like, ah, it's supposed to be good. I don't know. And then Paul's just like, I buy. I buy it. I buy. <laughs> I'll buy it. Because it's a Rye IPA. And as longtime listeners know, uh, one of my favorite beers of all time is Wookie Jack from... Um, Any Rye IPA. I do like it. For the most good, part. Uh, but this is, not, this is not a Rye IPA. Do not buy this thinking you're getting a rye I, IPA. I'm, next, I'm not getting any Next rye. podcast I'll bring, I have... Uh, from Union Jack. I have... Right, Union Jack? No, Firestone. from, from Firestone. Schmaltz. I have their rye... Wait, Schmaltz? Schmaltz. Also known as Hebrew. They're, they're the same brand. Yeah, not good. I don't... Uh, but they have a rye double IPA, which I... I have we even talked about books that we wanted to... Pick up. No, not yet. Second beer. Okay, so Chris, talk about them books. Wait, what, when am I talking about books for? For July twelfth, two thousand. I want John to seventeen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. July twelfth, two thousand seventeen. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm actually looking forward to a book coming out from Marvel, and this is Spider-Man Two, number one, and this is written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Sarah Pacelli. And this is continuing the tale that they first told a couple of years ago, where it was Peter Parker meeting the Ultimate Universe version of Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Um, big deal at the time, but now Miles Morales has actually been folded into the Marvel Universe proper. And this is kind of continuing that tale with something that was hinted at in that book, where we're going to learn about the Miles Morales from the 616 Marvel, which I guess is like a mystery. Like it's a big thing because yeah, Miles Morales 
was from the Ultimate Universe, but there's also a Miles Morales in like the quote unquote our Marvel Marvel Universe. Um, and now we're going to learn more about that. Uh, I'm a, I'm a notoriously bad Spider-Man fan. I only like reading Spider-Man when they have the crossover events. And you've been you've been really enjoying the Miles Morales in this. Oh, the the Miles Morales Spider-Man book's been great. And I guess spoilers for the main topic. The only reason I haven't kept up on it is just because, you know, I, I shrug as I say, you know, buying comic books. Um, but th- this is something I'm looking forward to. I want to see more of Pete because when I do read the Spider-Man book, it tends to be more of the ancillary Spider-Man family stuff. Uh, but you know what? After reading the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man that debuted this year, loving Sarah Pacelli's art, I, I do want to see them handle like Peter Parker. I want to see this book. I want to see where it goes. I want to see what happens. So yeah, that's my pick. Uh, and I will be picking and, up and be careful as you pour your dark swan, because I heard the bile pop. Um, I feel like this will stain anything that you pour it over. <laughs> so keep, keep it away from any paperwork, countertops, woodwork, anything like that. Well, it's, it's, it's don't throw it at my it's, head, Paul. It's, this is such a vibrant, like, Violet red. Yeah, like it's, it's, yeah. I did uh, not expect that color. Uh, but, made with uh, John, Syrah bo- and Petite Syrah grapes from the winery. Uh, oh, my pick is going to be from Image Comics. This is a zero issue. This is the Hero Denied Mage. Uh, this is Matt Wagner coming back for the third and final volume of his Mage book, which is almost 30 years old. Um, oh, he's the guy that did Grendel too, right? Yes. Yeah, Matt Wagner. Uh, Hero discovered. I have in the original printing, oversized soft cover book. Uh, I love it. I love Mage Hero. Um, you also own a T-shirt, and I keep on going, "Oh, Shazam!" And you're like, "No, <laughs> screw you, buddy!" I was wearing that shirt. Through uh, Niagara Falls, going to the park, a wedding party is walking by, <laughs> and the dude just goes, "Mage, <laughs> screw you!" You n- not knowing what it's for, not, yeah. Uh, still don't know. Never still don't mage. know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Well, you could have picked it for a trade policy all the time. John, I tried to read it when you when you bought it, and I just it didn't grab me. And I don't know if it's because it did seem kind of dated at the time. This was probably like. 15 years ago when you bought it and I tried to read it. Um, but I'm, I'm surprised like he's still going on and like, I didn't realize that it was almost like a, like a trilogy of books. Uh, I didn't know either. Um, he might have not known. Hero, hero discovered, which is the initial one. Uh, Kevin matchstick finds out that his ancestor is, uh, King Arthur and he is the, kind of new representation of King Arthur in this world fighting evil. Uh, And that was uh, Hero Discovered. Mm -hmm. And then the next volume was a Hero Defined, which I didn't quite love. Um, That was one that I kind of really fell off of. I didn't really like. Him coming back all this time later, I do really like Matt Wagner. I like Matt Wagner art. I think he is interesting in what he does. Sometimes it fits me, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, look back to 
when we all talked about our favorite Sandmans, Mm -hmm. Matt Wagner's Sandman Mystery Theater was my favorite version of Sandman. Uh, No one else's. And no one else's Sandman was their favorite either. Because Paul was like the weird JSA, and Chris's Chris's was Neil Neil Gaiman's, which is totally different. Um, But this is the third... This is... With all of those volumes, at the end of the original Hero Discovered, there was a like backup issue, um, which was him more in the future hunting down evil and destroying it. And this zero issue, which is only one ninety nine, okay, uh, wow, a is, much better price point than this Westbrook, <laughs> um, is another one of those. This is uh, a like a single issue leading in between what's happened from uh, Hero Defined to a Hero Undefined, mm-hmm. uh, which the basically the book is uh, Hero Denied. Um, and this is where he doesn't have faith in himself anymore kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, this is one of those things that I picked up as an early-on comic book writer that showed me that I was missing things in comic books and wanted to read those things and say, hey, this art, this writer-artist or this writer, this artist is doing something that makes me want to go back and read things and get into comic books. Hence, what we'll be talking about in our main topic. Hmm. Paul, Paul, before you talk about your book, I want to mention something that I saw for The Week in Geek, but I completely forgot. Oh, okay, good. Until, and, until John said that this book was only $1.99. Um... I don't know if anyone else saw this, but nope. DC announced that they're dropping the price of the like Batman Forge uh, miniseries down from four ninety nine to three ninety nine <laughs> for issues two through six, and they're like due to overwhelming response to like the Metal Zero or whatever it was we the talked Forge, about last yeah. month. Well, for yeah, Forge yeah. number one. Forge number one was four ninety nine. And then whatever the Batman, Batman Metal, Metal is but also $4.99, but they are, they're reprinting Forge for this week. Oh, good. And also they're coming out with Batman Dark Universe or Batman Dark Dark Days. What is, what is it? Even I think called? that's a different storyline. Yeah, but it's all tying together, supposedly. Somehow. It's a pass. Yeah, what, but Dark Days. What, what, whatever the, whatever they're doing, like... The actual like the mini series that's spinning out of like Forge, which we read last month. Go, go listen to that if you want to like one third like okay review of the book. Um, they're, they're dropping the price from four ninety nine to three ninety nine, and they're like, here we go. Like, thanks, thanks everybody. And I'm just thinking like, no, that wasn't great. Like as much as like the story was kind of intriguing, the art just took me out of it. When I looked at the solicitations for the actual miniseries itself, it's the same three artists. So you have Jim Lee, John Romita Jr., and Adam Cooper, like all kind of working on the same books. And it's just like, I'm I don't I still don't want to pay three ninety nine for John Romita. Like like mm-hmm. one third great Batman art. What I what what I picture Wait. in my head when you said they were dropping that price is like Instead of like, like going into like a playground and taking a ball out of a kid's hand, I just see like DC coming up and taking a stack of money away from John Romita and being like, "No, but you ba- don't deserve this," and then like storming away from him. 
Batman Metal is all going to be done by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Those that series of Batman Metal. No, it's like, those three artists. I'm pretty. I'm like what Chris like just I, said. I just read an article about Batman Metal and how excited Greg Capullo is doing about the maybe whole he's, Justice League. Maybe he's doing like one of the like the Batman book during it. Maybe like I'll. What's worse that like? I'll try to find the yeah because no, this all ties into why we're not having a hard time in comic books right now, guys. Because these crossovers have gotten as confusing. They're nutty. They're stupid. But Paul, but Paul, your book? Uh, I, my book is basically the exact opposite of the crazy and stupid uh, of comics and what's happening right now. And this is a crossover event. That's happening and will affect nothing else but this one book. And this is uh, Action Comics number 983, uh, written by Dan Jurgens, uh, art by Victor Bogdanovic and Jonathan Glapapin. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Revenge Part 1. Uh, so it's a part one. It's a perfect jumping on point. This brings together the entire Superman family, and I'm like, all right. What's the Superman family? I guess I'll find out here. I'm like, okay, there's Superman, Supergirl. There's that new new Superman, who's a uh, China Superman. Uh, I'm not sure if he was created by the Chinese government or what, but it doesn't matter. Maybe I'll learn here, maybe I won't, as long as they tell me a good story. Uh, Steel. I know Steel. Steel's cool. And there's uh, Superwoman, that I have no idea what she's about. Uh, I'm assuming they'll all show up here because they say uh, a beaten and battered Superman can barely hold his own against the revenge squad of his greatest foes. But hope rushes from the horizon as the Superman family arrives. I'm not a big fan of having a whole Superman family. Superman should be the last son of Krypton. Uh, Supergirl, okay, cool. You know, he's the last son, she's the last daughter. And then having, like, Maybe the Earth support, a Steel, the Guardian, and that's about it. Like, there shouldn't be a bunch of other Kryptonians around. I don't like it. I don't like it when uh, General Zod shows up. I don't like any other Kryptonian surviving. I just want I just Well, because at that point it dilutes what makes Superman Superman. Yeah, he's the last, he is the last refugee from a plant that comes to... United States makes a great life for himself and gives back to the community. USA! USA! Uh, okay, so I, I, did a, I did a little Google Foo, uh-huh. and it is the Dark Knights metal, like, the series from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo that they're dropping the price on from four ninety nine to three ninety nine. But they're still going to be doing, like, the Batman series from Jim Lee and then the other like artists. Like, the book that comes out this week is called Batman the casting, which yeah. is still like an uh, another like prequel to what's going on. Okay, that's yeah. the and that, universe one that I was talking and about. And that okay. is by the three artists, and they're all doing yes. different covers for it as but well. But that's not the price that's yeah. coming down. It's the yeah, no, it, yeah. It's, that's you're it, still it's paying fucking four ninety nine for that shit. Which okay, I'm okay with that. Like, give me give me cheaper Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder, Batman. You know, it's still going to be more expensive than the Batman book that I was reading. Yeah, but it's uh, three ninety nine to keep Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder together on a Batman book. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Pretty, <laughs> so, are we happier about that now? I spilt this beer everywhere. 
Well, I, I, I'm happier fun. because be careful, clean it up before it stains anything. I'm happier because this is a book that I will read versus the John Romita Jr. and Cooper Jim Lee book that I I will not. That knows I, I'm not going to get burned on that price point for like so. one third, two thirds. Okay, art because the John Romita stuff in that issue that we talked about last month for the trade art, not trade, the look back. It, it took me out of everything that I was enjoying about that book. All right, so and I was sad, Paul. You were sad, Paul, and that's I was where sad we because are. You know what? I, I like seeing Duke Thomas again because I haven't been keeping up on all of the DC Batman stuff. And he still doesn't I have like a name. Duke. He he doesn't. But he's just like eh, call me Duke. Yep. Just the Dukes. Just, just the Dukes. Dukes. <laughs> Long time listeners will enjoy that. Uh, but what we can enjoy is a dramatic wait. I don't understand this. I'm making a hand John's sign. John's making a hand sign. Like, I'm like, roll I some was taffy. making hand signs and I was like, he's not going to know what this means, but he's going to, what is he going to do? Pull taffy. What is he going to do? I'm going to stretch it up. I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to pull some taffy. 17. <laughs> so what was I supposed to do, John? Dramatic reading, you idiot. That's what I was going into. That's what he was doing. And now... A dramatic reading from Jim and the holograms. You're not supposed to do Infinite. it like radio. And now a dramatic reading from Jen. No, I'm, no, no, no. This is what we've done for years. He wonders why he gets a beer can thrown at him. Jim and the holograms. Infinite. Number one. Page two. Panel four. Jen. You were dating him, and he did exactly what you wanted. Back. And that was Gem and the Holograms, Infinite. Page number one, page two, panel four. It baffled me when I saw that you bought this issue. You, you said, Chris, you it's, said, eh, instead of fact, which threw me off. I, I said fact. Oh, it sounded like you said, eh. I said Listeners, if like, you heard Factor, eh, find us over on our Facebook and let us know what you heard. Slip and sales. But slip and it was sales. Really, it was really hard for me to not go into the, Paul, you'll appreciate this, the Jimmy Fallon Sarah with no yeah. H when I was uh-huh. doing, like, I don't know who that character was in the panel. But, like, that's just kind of how I read Teenage Girl. I was like, ah, eh, ah, eh, ah, eh. <laughs> <laughs> eh. It's so hard to not do that, and I was like, nope, can't Jimmy Fallon this up? Because then he'll start laughing halfway through. <laughs> oh, you'd ruin the joke. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> two, the two sides of Jimmy Fallon fans right there. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. So good. So talented. He's not bad. I, I like him. He's, he's, he's a cool dude. Uh, and, uh, I do enjoy the Late Late Show guy. With. That's, you know, Stormageddon. James Corbin. Corbin? Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. I like. I don't watch the show, but the YouTube clips, I'm all over. You're all over him. I don't like that he ripped off the singing in the car bit. Wait, where did he rip that off from? He ripped it off from uh, um, the people that used to do the drive-through orders singing. Uh, yep, yeah, maybe. No, he dri- he ripped it off from. Um, I can't think of his name now, but he used to do singing in the cars with different people before him. Oh, you mean comedians in the car getting coffee with 
No. Uh, I can't think of his name. Um, Jerry Seinfeld? But he was, like, he was one of the bad guys in the last, in Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, he's a YouTube guy that would do huh. um, singing in cars. He also, uh, he he did a great version of uh, the Game of Thrones theme song, him playing the different instruments in a uh, park bathroom, which was really funny. Okay. Well, then really he ripped good. that off from the other YouTube people, uh, Papa, what, what, the the people that would just play the the small instruments, Papa Moose, Papa Moose. Sure. Who I thought you were going to say Jimmy Fallon with the roots. Uh, and then Jimmy Fallon stole that from Papa Moose and... And we stole this whole podcast from other people that did podcasts. You know, like, what can you do? I didn't know what a podcast was before we started doing <laughs> podcasts. Before July 9th, 2000, the week, whatever. The Week in Geek is stolen from This Week in Tech. I did not know that till just now. Yeah. You're I mean, a thief. Yeah, I am. And you've been complicit in this thievery for now. Until years. now, yeah. no more Week in Geek. But yes, please, Lagunitas. Uh, Lagunitas, a podcast favorite of ours, uh, in their 2007 one-hitter series, which has been uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one-hitter series gave me a little something-something, which became, which your, became a your total hitter. And now now I just look for that little something-something extra. Uh, which will be coming back. I, I'm and, excited. Uh, uh, no. Screw wild, though. A little something-something wild? Not Don't as like much, no. But extra. You, you also got... Westified in this mm. no no hitter series, mm. their barrel aged uh, stout. Which one. Chris, you one. had the same night that you had Molotov cocktail. I believe it, and half the reason you passed out. And this is their dark. I fell asleep. And, and then again, because I know we talked about this like like two weeks ago on the show. I also had like a bottle of Lizard of Cause that day too. Yeah, yeah you drank a whole way, bottle. You drank Hello. way too much that I, night. I literally blacked out during the podcast and woke up the next morning at six o'clock. Six o'clock. I was like, "Oh, I have to go to work." You woke up. The, you know, you woke up at six o'clock and sent me a text that said, "Sorry." <laughs> yes, Lagunitas though. Lagunitas. This is their dark swan. This is a sour ale made with Syrah and Petite Syrah grapes from a winery that is close to their brewery. Uh, this is. It's not super sour. You get that little bit of grapiness mm-hmm. to it. Um, it's it's definitely tart. It's tart. It's a little acrid. I'm not enjoying this. Like sours, I have a very narrow band of sours that I enjoy. Like sours have to be like sour and not tart. And if they go too far in the tart direction, they become acrid for me. So I am not a good judge of sours. I this for you. I like this. Okay, well, I'm an I, alcoholic. Paul, I'm you, gonna... Paul, you took this right where I kind of wanted to go with <clears throat> my review of it. <clears throat> because when I saw that you guys were doing a Lagunitas sour, I was like, hey, like, I'm not a big fan of sours, but I like Lagunitas. Exactly. And then, John, when you said this was actually brewed with wine grapes, that kind of opened my eyes to it because my favorite sour that I've had, we had this on the show, it's like, three years ago now was the Dr. Lacto from Perrin. Um, mm, that was one of the yeah. beers that we had during like beercation. You guys came to, I mean, to Michigan, I want to say. Um, very different, but done using the, I'm blanking out the yeast strain. That's like contain. Mm. Oh, like um, it can, it can affect like everything. 
the the enjoy by the e-stream that if it escapes, uh, you have to shut down your whole yeah. beer producing factory and then sanitize everything. Yeah. Otherwise, enjoy. everything will be sour. Enjoy after. What is that yeast? I can't think of that yeast. I, I have no idea what the name would even be. It's Remember, not in my fishbowl at all. Keep going, Chris. I'll have uh, uh, bread on my own. Yep. I just had it. Yeah, the bread. And that's really what's getting me on this beer is like two very different types of sour. One yeast and then one what it's brewed with and with the dark swan we have it being brewed with actual what what are they called the wine grapes uh syrah and pete syrah grapes yeah and now I, now since i've poured this and it's opened up a little bit i'm kind of enjoying it a little bit more because now i'm in the mind frame that no this is brewed with wine grapes it's not something that's actually in the yeast that's going to be eating the sugars that make this like poop alcohol um, it's scientific. It's not fact. bad. I I like it a little bit more now that it's opened up and I'm kind of aware of what the beer is. I know that's it's so stupid, but just knowing okay, this is a different process from this other beer, it makes me think of it in a different way. It's still not going to be my favorite Lagunitas. It's not going to be my favorite sour, but I'm not, not as negative about this now as I was when I took my first sip. Uh, yeah, and. This is something that uh, I was given uh, by the rep. Um, that sorry, Chris, that you had to buy this. Um, <clears throat> uh, I should. I bought two bottles of it in my six pack, and I I know it was a little bit more expensive than like the big storms or the Elysian super fuzz that I got, but it, it still wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my my beer total for this week when I went and I bought a bottle of that uh, cherry pie. Canadian whiskey was thirty-seven dollars, and that bottle alone was twelve. Um, so, like twenty-five bucks for six beers, I, I I'm okay with it, especially being something as kind of different as this. Eleven ninety-nine for a six-pack. Yeah, eight point five percent. I would still buy the okay. Tin claw for that same. Eleven ninety-nine, twelve dollars for a six-pack. That's two dollars each. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think this. To me, delivers what it's going for. It's right. going for them brewing a sour, which is not a sour that they uh, a sour is not in their wheelhouse as we've seen before. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're using wine grapes, I think this is a nice, enjoyable sour. I think it's not too sour. I think if you're thinking wine grapes. It delivers in that whiny kind of flavor, mm-hmm. um, and it's just kind of really on the back end that you, to me, I get that acrid kind of sour, yeah. but in certain sours, I expect that. I'm having a sour, mm-hmm. I'm expecting it in a way. Right. Um, is this the best thing they've done in their one-hitter series? No. Is this better than some sours I've had? Yes. yes. Uh, I, I, I have another bottle of this at home. I'm looking forward to to having it with my wife and seeing what she says because she enjoys sours. she enjoys sours. Uh, one make me making her drink lots of sours in Belgium and her understanding how great they can be, uh, and also me coming home with sours and her going mm, no, no, that's not as good as what I had in Belgium. Uh, but yeah, i I think this is I think this is well done it's well executed yep. it's not the greatest sour ever 
it's not the thing that people are going to be yeah. clamoring for, but I think it's well made. Yeah, it's. I I agree. I'm on the side where I have to be in a very narrow window of mood to really want to sour. Like this, like I have, I think I have a, the Waldos, right? Those tend to be a little tart, a little sour. Those are those are triple IPA and they're more tropical. Yeah. They're like pineapple. Those are pineapple mango yeah, IPAs. They're a little on the sour side, though. Well, For maybe me. maybe now because no, no. When we even first had them, because I I, I I didn't immediately want to jump right back into them. And there's a reason for that. Well, they're also like 12%. Well, okay. Well, maybe 12, that's 13%. the reason. They, they sit in my I, fridge. And like with sours, those are the things that are going to sit in my fridge because I'm like, I need to be in the exact right mood for this beer. And sours are that. I have a very narrow opportunity for me to want to go to them. I think this, I, uh, the, the wine grape flavor really pops like mid to back palate. Yeah, and then it goes a little that I I, I would say it, it goes a little acridy sour mm-hmm. right in the the way 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 back at the but total finish of it. at the beginning in spring in the spring of this year there was a group here in New York at least where they were doing a whole bit of about uh, wine grapes like in beer like and I enjoyed the Empire make uh, beer grape again no make uh, make beer grape again is Community Beer Works no they also that with empire empires is different what, what was it called it was whatever the empire was it's coming back i enjoyed it i'll have it in my store you can have it no i probably won't buy it again but i enjoyed it for that one time because it was also released basically at the same time with don't be jelly from Robach. so it would make black and tans aka peanut butter and jellies i, the, I think that lagunitas kind of did this service by calling it a sour ale mm-hmm if they had called it like a tart ale with wine grapes, I kind of would have gone into it expecting what it is. Because now that my eyes have been opened, and thank you for knowing that, John, because it doesn't say anywhere on here that this was brewed with uh, like the wine grapes. Now, now I know what I'm drinking, and like I can get that kind of like tart like wine note off of it. Like if I drank this more as a wine. Than a beer, I I would have expected them like oh yes like this, this is quite pleasant like I get that dry from like the wine grape. If, if I went into it as a sour, I'm like mm, no, it's just it's tart. Yeah. Um, and I think it might be something that's said on the box and not on the bottle. Uh, and Paul's out of the room, but it's deep purple, which is the one that's brewed by Empire. So um, in your face, cause, Paul. Because <laughs> this on its own, like I said before, I. This is so like vibrant in its color that I was not expecting when I first started pouring it, and I did spill a little bit of it on my countertop, and I was like, "Oh God, I hope this doesn't stain." <laughs> and originally, like when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, like what did they put in this? Like make that color?" But if it's actually brewed with like the grapes, like yeah, th- this color makes sense. It's not something that's kind of artificial. It's it's just there. It, it's made with grapes, people. It's it's of made course with, it's going to be like that bright purple. It's made with wine grapes. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, we didn't talk about color, and it is. It's it's it looks like a glass. I'm having a glass of wine in front of me. <laughs> I yeah. I, it looks like a glass of wine or something almost like a uh, a lambic. Like it's so. I did not expect sour ale on the bottom. Expected to me. 
maybe be almost like amber colored. Yeah, it's it is a, but it's more red than any kind of wine that I've seen, uh, or drank. Like normally, it's just a rich wine color. This is this is a, a mix of a amber or a uh, red ale and a little bit of purple or blue food coloring. So uh, it looks like a glass wine. That it, it looks like a glass of wine. I say last wine that I drank was like three years ago at my grandmother's house for Thanksgiving, and it was like whatever one has the kangaroo on the bottle. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see this being that. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it, and like the the sourness is is towards the finish. It kind of almost tastes like you're having a glass of wine while you're having this, and then you yeah. get that kind of. And I will agree with Paul. It, it is a little bit of an acrid sour at the end, but that's just the the yeast doing what it does. And, and we're back with our main topic. This is slipping sales. This is uh, it happens every once in a while, where the internet will suddenly latch on and be in an uproar about oh comic book sales are down again. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Was my microphone off? Nope, it was on. Nope, you're uh, you're on. I heard you. I turned mine off to eat a pretzel, <laughs> and then I checked to see if mine was on <laughs> or off. Uh, and the thing is, with the internet, they don't want to hear this. No, don't worry, they don't want to hear me talking either. Uh, the internet like kind of responds to this one subject because Marvel. They uh, introduced Miss Marvel, which was a Muslim-American teenager that got superpowers from the John Miss. Sam Wilson, the African-American Falcon, became Captain America. They really did a a big push to get more diversity in their mainline comics recently. And uh, their sales have seen a drop-off of about 3 to 5% year over year. And during a uh, investor call, the Marvel Marvel uh, Marvel Comics uh, mentioned that maybe their diversity push led to this decline in comics, which put the internet apparently in a tizzy. Uh, right wing columnists were saying, "Yep, see, it just proves that people don't want diversity in comics. Hey, stick with your lines, your liberal agenda, no." And then the left wing was like. Well, it isn't really about that. It's about them not, like, making Captain America a Hydra agent instead of being, you know, Captain America. They're doing stupid things with their with their series, and that's why people aren't buying their books year over year. Which is bad storylines at the time. Yep, and and that's where I kind of lead. You know, this is, I think this is interesting. Uh, it got a big media uproar, you know, when I entered, when I suggested this topic about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Uh, now it's kind of died out because uh, we're going into the summer with summer, you know, comic book events. Secret Empire is supposedly dropping down. We're going to start with Marvel Legacy, where they're going to be relaunching all their books. We saw the um, what the solicitations for the books coming after Marvel Legacy. It and what I think. What is it? I think the thing that is really counting against Marvel at this moment is 
nothing is set in stone. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to make so-and-so this. We're going to do this. But everybody, when that happens, knows it's not going to last right. because that has been the model for the last five, six years to longer. But mm-hmm. like right now, we know that it's going to start with a new number one and it's going to be a new story. Where in years past, when something happened, and flipping from Marvel to DC, mm-hmm. hey, when when Barry Allen died, he was dead for 30 years, aside from showing up in flashbacks or using time travel. Mm-hmm. Secret uh, letters to Wally West. Uh, and, and, and even like with Kyle Rayner, when he became Green Lantern, and then flashing... He had some weird time warp thing where then he was fighting with Hal Jordan, who he knows mm-hmm. present day is a bad guy. The two of them defeated Sinestro. Like, that was when that character showed up as that character. Yeah. And now, weird one-offs. Yeah. Now it's, uh, oh, hey, this is Rogue and the Avengers. And this is Rogue's story with the Avengers. Don't worry, after six issues, doesn't matter. And I think that's what his the driving point is that nothing matters anymore. And it's it's been that way when Cap got Cap Captain America got killed at the end of Civil War and Bucky became Captain America, mm-hmm. everybody was saying, Eh, don't worry. Cap will be back. Steve mm-hmm. Rogers will be back in a couple of years. And yeah, but was. it was at least a couple of years. Now it seems like the timeline is even shrunken down. Oh, it's even, even more. more. It's it's because uh, we were reading. Uh, well, Chris, you were making us read uh, a, a Superior making Spider-Man. You read? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, and you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for making us read that. But you know, it that lasted two years, right? Like, yeah, it was being double shipped per month, but it lasted, I think, eighteen months to two years. Chris, what, what, what do you think Marvel's been doing that has dropped you off of the Marvel bandwagon or has kept you with in the Marvel bandwagon? Like, Do you have anything that you wanted to say? Um, I, I do. Thank you for asking. Oh, okay. uh, I, I, being like a seasoned comic book veteran at this point, I feel like you kind of have to look back into the past to see, like, okay, what... What mattered? What kept you reading versus where we are now? And I feel like DC's always done a better job of like, hey, here's our giant lion wide crossover. Coming out of this, everything's different. Marvel does those, it seems like every three months now where, hey, things are going to be different. You got to read it. You got to see what happens to find out where we're going to be going. I, I now know being that seasoned comic book veteran, that I don't have to read that book because I can just continue on reading what I'm reading. And then in page number one or page number two, they're going to be like, oh, this is what I've been doing since, you know, Captain America became evil and he's working for Hydra. Here's my adventures. I don't have to read all of Secret Empire to know where I've been at. I, I can read what I'm reading 
and it might be quote unquote impacted by what's happening in the larger universe, but those month to month character to character beats are still going to continue to be the same. And Marvel and DC need to make me care about what's happening underneath that umbrella to make me want to read those books. And they, they haven't been. And I think Marvel does these big, like, whoa, you got to read it to see it events more than DC does. Yeah. Like just flat out looking, I mean, well, to month, week to week, how we record this podcast and like what we read. It seems like Marvel has more of those like, you're not going to believe it, true believers, but you're going to believe it because you're Norman Osborn is Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they do that thing and it's like, okay, well, no, I, I can just keep doing what I'm doing and like this is going to happen and it's going to happen because you know what? It doesn't matter. Or I can drop and, off and, and I'll that, wait until I get back to the book that I actually want to read. There's a less overarching sense of like imperativeness that's kind of falling into comic books right now. And the last thing I feel like that happened that really mattered is over at DC with Infinite Crisis. Because that was like a complete <clears throat> overarching like, hey, we're going to be doing all the stuff. It matters. You need to read everything to know what's happening and what you're reading. Mar- Mar- Marvel does this so consistently, and like I read the Marvel books that I read because I read them, and everything else is happening in the background, and that's much to the detriment of their publishing line because what I'm reading, it doesn't matter what's happening in the background because those changes might affect what I'm reading, but what I'm reading can explain it in three panels. And what's really tough is Infinite Crisis is 11 years old. Yeah. 11 to 12 years old. It started in 2005. And the thing is, I think both Marvel and DC have become so afraid of telling stories that, quote-unquote, doesn't matter. They're so afraid of publishing the, oh, this is the one-off, this is the what-if issues, this is the Elseworld stories, where they've basically made the entire line Elseworld or what-if stories when they want to tell something, a story that's interesting or different. Well, I think if they kept those Elseworlds... I I don't want to cut you off, like... No, no, go ahead. But they they can't tell those stories anymore because people want to read the universe as it is. And I'm going to use... Go ahead. I'm going to use Secret Empire as kind of like the focal point for this because it's happening currently. Like it started like two or three months ago. We're kind of in the midst of it right now. They're telling us huge shakeup where yes, after being reborn from like Koblik, the Sutney uh, mm-hmm. cosmic cube, Steve Rogers, Captain America is actually a covert Hydra operative. And he's taking control of the Marvel Universe and set things up how he wants. He's a bad guy now. Here we are. We're approaching the wrap-up of that story, and we're already seeing the fact that, like, oh, no, coming out of this, like, here's going to be the new Marvel status quo. And people are like, oh, well, we knew it wouldn't last. And it's like, yes, 
this couldn't last because as a reader and as a comic book icon, this is who Steve Rogers, Captain America is. He stands for this. He is this. You can't go into a story and then come out of a story having that be something completely different because the character needs to hold true to like what they are. And if it's not, people won't read it. So you have to have those ebbs and flows in the storytelling to make it be something that's worth checking out. And, and so much of the comic book publishing is that ebb and flow of like, you need to check this out, but we're going to come out of it being what it was. But now, but now you're reading it again. And I think that's what, what Paul was saying is they got so shy away from doing those that now their stories are now those Elseworld stories. The, an else, like, to me, like, an Elseworld, Elseworld story would be that Captain America was secretly a Hydra agent the whole time, and now there's a shakeup. Shakeup is going to be slight in the characters for mm-hmm. the next couple issues, but then it's going to go back to normal, where they've just taken that Elseworld story instead of doing it on its own and being a one-off, like, Superman working, you know, working for the Russians. They've done. They've just made it into continuity and made it story uh, line wide. And you've seen the line wide sales slump because of it. Okay, so we weren't selling as many of those quote unquote Elseworld stories as we might have since we made it. You know, made it the actual story quote unquote. But then every book in your line. Doesn't sell as much. Would you have better been? Would you have been better served to make that an Elseworld story? It not do as well, but at least your comic book sales would have stayed. You know, just plugging along, like make that See, make the normal line going. Just keep going. I, I I feel like that's that's a great point. Well, that's because, the whole okay. point of this conversation. But, yeah, that's and that's the whole thing, because, right yeah, Superman Red Sun, because we're going to kind of use that as, like... Because that's one of the that's great That's a great, world. like, mirror image to, like, the Captain America, like, Secret Empire stuff right now. Mark Miller with Superman Red Sun told a story. It's like, hey, no, like, here's this alternate Earth story where Superman, his rocket ship landed in Russia and he was raised a child of the Soviet Empire and he grows up being a socialist communist like this is a cool story let's tell this it's kind of evergreen where it's the fact that like oh no like this stands on its own you can read it whenever and it works versus that Captain America Secret Empire no like here he is now he's agent of Hydra that's cool right Check this out. Who knows what's going to happen after we come out of it? It's more of that impulse by, like, where's the story going to go versus the, oh, no, this is kind of one of those evergreen, mm-hmm. like, thrown into the other, like, ether, whatever you want to call it, like, ether, yeah. stories where it it just kind of stands. And so I was like, no, here's a snapshot of what this Superman would be versus, like, no, continuity, S- Superman, or... I'm sorry, Captain America's, he's Hydra now. Like, how is this going to impact the story? It's impact versus interest. But I, I see the Captain America story just the same as I see that 
Red Sun Superman. Red Sun, sorry. That, oh, this is in this storyline. Because they, they Cause let... Give us two years. <clears throat> it will have us just as much impact over the entire line as Red Sun Superman that didn't attack. That, that, give, that wasn't attached to the end line. Give us just the storyline. Because yeah. they let you know in there that... You know, that front page that lets you know exactly what's happening. They say, like, Cap's mind has been changed by the Cosmic Cube. And this isn't real, but it is real what's happening. Like, they let you know when we read, um, when we did the the two issues Mm -hmm. um, for Look Back, it even said in there, like, he's been changed. It's not the real world, but this is what is the world right now kind of a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. They said it right in that first page, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm reading now this, him as this. At the end of and the day. And as a comic book reader, you know that at the end of this, there'll be a, a bit of a shakeup, but none of it will matter. Everyone's going to go back to how they are. The and this has, before, been my, oh, go ahead. this has been my sticking point for the Secret Empire stuff. It's like right even from that zero issue, Steve Rogers was having that flash of like, no, like, why am I remembering this other stuff? Like, he, he, as the character, knows, like, this isn't how life's supposed to be. This isn't who I am. Graham Morrison and had the complaint after Final Crisis. I'm from, like, I think it's worth looking at. Hey, I'm going to read this book every month, or now it as it is, like, every two weeks, to being like, hey, this is a book that's going to stand on the shelves as, like, something you need to go back to look at. It's the monthly to the trade reader at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here's the thing is is the three of us in this room, in this comic book forum that we've created. I'm not in the room with no, you. But you are, but you're in this conversation. We're yeah, in this yeah, conversation yeah. together is the most interesting thing that's happened in comic books this year, uh, aside from the, the DC rebirth, has been this Captain America story. Mm-hmm. But do we care? I haven't read this, aside from what we've read for the look back, and it's the most interesting thing that's happened, I haven't been keeping up on it. I do look at the little solicitations for mm-hmm. what's happening, and I go, hmm, yeah, I'd like to keep, I'd like to keep reading that, yeah. but I'm not reading that. Because you get enough out of the solicitations? Uh, no, I think it's just that I don't want to, I don't, I'm... Three ninety nine. I'm looking at that budget of what I buy, and there are... <laughs> Ridiculously, there are weeks that I go, I'm not really buying anything. I'll buy this or I'll buy that. And I'll buy other things. But I'm not keeping up in that story because in the end, when it is all said and done, I might be able to get it at a cheaper price. Yeah. Give me give me six months. I might buy the the whole thing for seven ninety nine and then be happy that I spent seven ninety nine instead of right. you know, seventeen, because eighteen, twenty dollars. Which community are you like there's no water water cooler moment for you right now where you need to keep up on it there's it's not like lost where you had to keep up with it so you could talk to chris about what happened in the last uh i just want to stop you chris and i we got together every week right and watched that (laughs) show together exactly and chris and i we used to get together on like some wednesdays and meet up at don's atomic comics get our comics eat some chinese food and then go back to work like there's, we don't have that sense of community. We don't have that sense of crop, crop, um, that, that like need to keep up so we can, like, be like, dude, what happened? 
Chris and I, we used to play Final Fantasy XI online, and we would be talking about uh, uh, Identity Crisis while we were like trying to level up and get our chocobos, because that was the thing we did back in 2000. Uh, maybe you got to level 15 <laughs> tricky your chocobo. Maybe we started a podcast and that ruined us. I think that's, that's all worthwhile, because I haven't bought comic books in two weeks, and I realized this the other day, because just with yeah. Like, with life, I mean, just normal day-to-day stuff. Last week, I had to travel back to Buffalo, which, hey, great to see you guys, but my grandmother passed away. I downloaded comic books to read on my flight, but then after I came back, I was like, oh, wait, I never bought comic books this week or last week. And then I went through on Comixology. I added all those books to my cart. I went to the, like, the cash-out phase of it, and I was like, oh, $45, like, that's my groceries for the week. Like, I don't need to spend that. Right. Versus, like, weekly when I would just go to the comic book store and be like, okay, this is what I do. Like, this is part of my routine. Let me go buy my books for the week. Oh, it's $45? Okay. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Let me buy it. Well, that was different. I'm, it was different, too. Like, like Chris, when we lived together, we'd order the same – we'd use the same previews book, order our books – and like when you were like, "Hey, I'm gonna get to Don's," I would give you the money for what my books should be, or "Hey, I owe you a little more, I owe you a little less." Yeah. But we would buy our books for the most part, like towards the end of the month, because we knew we had look back. And then when we came home and we had a stack of comic books in front of us, yeah, you'd go into your room, I sit yeah. in like uh, on the couch in the living room, or we both sit in the living room and we would just sit there in silence and read books. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw this throw this back a little ways ago to when we first started recording the podcast. Because when I knew I was going to be flying to Buffalo, when I fly, I read comic books. Mm-hmm. I will download books onto my iPad, but then I'll usually bring a trade paperback or two with me to like read. Because after I get sick of reading books on a tablet, I, I have to read a physical book to break it up. So the night before I left, I actually pulled the black... Night, wow. Green Lantern hardcover trade off of my shelf. Yeah, because I, I was like, I haven't read this in so long. Let me go back to it. As I was reading it, I was like, so much of this is just based off of that DC continuity at the time. Mm-hmm. That I was like, I, I just want to read the Green Lantern like, hey, we're the Lantern Corps fighting against zombies story. I just wanted to see that, but then so much of it also was like, no, here we are. Batman's dead. But we have this green lantern, like Black Lantern Batman, that's here. Like, where'd he come from? And I was like, no, I, I, I know Batman's dead because Grant Morrison told that story. He's going to come back. It's fine. I read, like, and when I say I read, I mean, I flipped through the pages of the Blackest Lantern hardcover. I was like, eh, okay, I, I don't need to read this. I actually wound up bringing uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Silmarillion with me. And I was like, I'm going to try to read this. Going uh, back and trying to read comic books is so much harder than reading comics as they come out because I I realize it doesn't matter. It's so of the time that after the fact, it's just a continuing story. I can continue to read what's been happening and be just as good as I would be. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely would agree Almost wholehearted. There's always that percentage of, 
Well, no, I sat and read uh, the entire run of this series that only ran in the 90s, and I liked it. You know, you always have that, there's always that one book that that, that you went back to or whatever. But no, I... X-Factor. Ugh. You and your X-Factor. But, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think uh, to turn to turn all this kind of around is 16 years ago when we all became comic book fans again. Uh, what was it? Chris and I, in 2002, when the Spider-Man movie came out, is when him and I looked around and then found our comic book shop. And then I had become friends with Paul and brought him into the group. And Chris and I were like, comic books, and stared him down till he was like, I will also buy comic books. Yeah. And I we, used to like X-Factor. I'll see what's going on. Madrox. Uh, but that's when we all became... Th- that, that focal point for comic books was that thing that in 2002 drove us to be comic book fans. Go to conventions. Go get... You know, sketches. Talk about comic books. Buy Talk hero about clicks. Buy hero clicks and buy and play hero clicks for years. Like, what in two thousand two happened at us at nineteen twenty years old that that really kind of flexed that for us? That made us go. We're comic book fans. We'll we'll buy these for years. Start a podcast and then talk about comic books. I think it was the uh, really where com- they were allowed to tell sp- they were a lot they were allowing they being the publishers were allowing creators to tell stories that they wanted to tell. Justice League, New Frontier, Darwin Cook, just straight up Darwin Cook, like no advertisements, six ninety nine for a single issue, but it was like six ninety nine. Yeah, but there was no advertising. Yeah, it was it was prestige format, and it was like it was just straight through, and it was delicious the whole way through. Over at Marvel, they were doing you know characters that I was interested in, Madrox, like the Ult- Marvel Knight series, even the, the even the Ultimates. Yeah, and Ultimates, like we were got interested in that. They were telling the hey, let's update all these characters. Let's tell them as if they matter today, and it wasn't. Oh, we need to make sure this, you know, impacts our entire line. Let's just tell great stories. Let's let our creators tell great stories. And now it feels like the publishers are like, oh, let's have our creators tell great stories as long as they fit into the entire line. But not really, because we'll reset the line, like, at our minutes. But I I would say uh, Matt Fraction with Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I'd say... Uh, but- Thor, the Thor series with... Uh, oh, that's current. That's current. But, I mean, that's been going on for, f- what, four or five years? I'm just going to go back no, to I know, but Hawkeye's I, five I think, years old now. I think this is all great to kind of bring back to the fact that at this, like, retailer summit, like, the... I can't remember his name now, but, like, the head of, like, the publishing was like, no, we tried to do the diversity thing, and it's not working. People don't care. People are buying less comic books. And I, I think that's just bullshit because people will buy the comic books if they're interesting characters or interesting stories. With interesting because, creators on those stories. And I mean, the, and that's the thing, like, because we, we weren't a Thor 
like fan collectively. Nope. Until Jason Aaron came on and started telling his like tale and the the like uh not just the Mighty Thor, but what was the one that came out before? Uh, like God of well, it's God of Thunder. God, God of Thunder. God of Thunder. Yeah, that was the. Like that, that made us a Thor fan, and that was a char- like a writer telling a character story that was done in a great way. And then he continued on with the the diversity like footnote. Mm-hmm. Now we're reading Jane Foster as Thor, and we have the Odin son as the unworthy. Oh, Those were Chris, both great. It's now yeah. Vastag as Thor, the mighty Thor. Jane has now given up the hammer, and she's going to. Oh, uh, I, ha- I haven't read it. You should uh, keep reading. It's really good, but it will kick you in the balls and the heart and the kidneys and the spleen. It'll, it'll break your soul. Paul, it, it, it has Paul, broken my soul. Paul, Paul, Paul. Here's the thing. You you just sold me wanting to read more of that book because like no here's what you were reading that you were interested in I, I, now now it's this I own all the books it's gonna get you I own all the books but, just go ahead and read them all and it, but that's and when that you're ready to die let me know out. because we can it, die together and 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 here's here's another point to mm-hmm. this is that year that Miss Marvel started mm-hmm. we did our creator brackets and that writer. Shockingly, to all of us, made it almost all the way to the yeah, end. Semifinals. G. G. Willow Wilson. And and we and while we were doing that, and the more that we discussed that character, the more we realized that no, this person is doing something great in comics that we haven't had in years, mm-hmm. and that's why they got so far. And also, that's why they made it the next year so far. And what's what's happens with both the Thor book and also Miss Marvel? They're allowed to be over in their own little corner. And just tell the stories they want to tell, completely creator-owned, almost like a what? Nell's World story, mm-hmm. right? Like, and in, coming in, out of well, coming out of the retailer summit is the fact that a lot of the retailers that were there, like the people that Marvel was talking to that sell their books, were like, no, it's not the fact that you're bringing up different characters and creators into these books. It's the fact that, like, when you say, like, no. Nova, it's now a kid, and you're going to be reading about Sam. What happened to his dad, who was, like, Rich Rider? Like, no, like, we're going to focus on the kid. It's the fact that the legacy readers, the Mm -hmm. people that just want to read about Nova and Rich Rider and see what happened to that character, have kind of been thrown aside. That's what's affecting sales, because... To focus on the legacy, you also need to focus on the characters that led up to where we are now. And with DC... And I, I think Jason Aaron with like the Mighty Thor has done that because he can tell the, stere- the story of Jane Foster as Thor and now like Volstagg <laughs> as Thor, but he's still telling like the Odinson story at the same time. Like, and that makes like the Thor corner of the Marvel universe so awesome and interesting because you want to see what's happening to all those characters, so you want to read those books. And with with DC, why they're up up over Marvel is they've realized that oh, we screwed up. We took away the legacy. Now we're working all of that stuff back in. <laughs> and one of the reasons, I mean, the art alone. But the story was one of the reasons why we read 
Aquaman last month for for that. Well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I, I partially did. And when Green Arrow relaunched, it wasn't something that I kept up on just because I missed a week here or there. But every week when I see the covers and I read the solicitations for Green Arrow, I go, man, I'm missing out. I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't gone back to buy those. And I think I think that oh, continue, John. I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. No, no. I, I I'd rather hear what you have to say because it's probably around the same thing I have to say. Like I feel like the fact that Marvel and DC don't release actual sales numbers and you can only read estimates kind of hurts this because I don't know what they can see from something like Comicsology where it's digital, like people are just reading it after the fact or something like Marvel Unlimited where people can go in and then read a book for five months, whatever it is, mm-hmm. after it's been published and kind of catch up and follow up that way. If they're counting those into the sales numbers or not, because yeah, I might not keep up on the books month to month or week to week now, but if you give me all of those Spider-Man issues that I missed or Aquaman issues that I missed, like, cheaper than just spending that two ninety nine or three ninety nine on that off week I have where I'm only buying like my Green Lanterns or Nightwing book, like, yeah, I'm gonna go try to spend more money to catch up on the story. I I wanna see what's happening with these characters. It just might not be at the time that they're actually looking at what's being read or what's being purchased. Uh John and I uh, we're going to take a little break and talk about the beer we're drinking. And John and I are talking about Picard! Just like in, you know, the second movie from Star Trek. You know, because when you say Khan, you have to yell it. This is the malt beverage yeah. with natural... Even the first movie of Khan. No, no, that's the second. It's it's the second Star Trek movie. Anybody oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the second movie of Khan, not the second Star Trek movie. Oh. Uh, this is the 11.5%. I still haven't seen Into Darkness. You should. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, 11.5%. Alcohol by volume. Uh, so this is a pecan. This is from this is a Prairie. Pe- pecan stout from Prairie Artisanal Ales. I would have gotten there, John. It was taking way too long. You were like... Khan! sitting there and he's like rotating the bottle in his hand trying to talk about the beer and it just seems like it wasn't I wanted, coming I wanted to talk about Star Trek as well can you want to talk about God uh, so Prairie Benedict Art- Cumberbatch you don't think he deserves to be talked about no okay it's then con- Prairie Artisan's Ale is stupid uh, Prairie is known for their Prairie Bomb which is a stout brewed with cocoa vanilla coffee and peppers um, cask-aged. Mm. Uh, and they make a really good beer. We've had them on the podcast a couple times. We've had some just Paul and I drinking beers together. Delicious. Not on the podcast. Uh, so with their pecan stout, when I had this, it's got a, a thickness to the liquid. Washes over your tongue and you're like, ooh, sweet pecan. And then I was like, mm, it has a little bit of an alcohol bite at the end. And then when I looked at the thing, I was like, oh, 11.5% relatively smooth because it was like a slight it was one of those things that you go like oh maybe this is like nine percent not 11.5 uh 
the pecanness of this beer mm-hmm. is is there. It's smooth drinking. There's a little bit of alcohol that slows you down a little bit, but the fact that Not we've been enough. talking for maybe 20 minutes mm-hmm. and we're both almost done with splitting this half bottle, it doesn't slow you down enough. That nuttiness just lingers, So That pecan nuttiness, it just, like, I finished my beer, my uh, glass, and it's just there, all... There's a sip left in there. I don't. I, that's what I'm eyeing up, is a sip left in that glass. Stop eyeing up my glass, man. Um, I don't expect anything less from Prairie. Mm-hmm. I expect something that is delicious and delivers what it's supposed to be. For the price point, though, you can only buy one bottle, one 12-ounce bottle at a time. Or is this 11.5? Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's a it's a, a single bottle for... This is 12 ounces. 12 ounces for $8.99. Yeah. Um, so you are spending that money knowing that you're going to get something extra special. You I, better be getting something extra special. Otherwise, we'd be at Westbrook again. Yeah, I, I think you're getting something well, well I think executed. Is, yeah. I think the the birthday bomb that we had mm-hmm. was phenomenal. But if I opened if I opened up either of these two beers alone, just to drink by myself, I would be disappointed in them. That I get to share this with my friend. We're doing the podcast, the birthday bomb. We drank together. We were playing board games, Clank, which is an amazing board game. Everybody should go out and get it. I'm not going to buy it because you have it, and I'd only <laughs> play with you. Uh, but that underwater expansion, kind of want to get to play. <laughs> we can get it and bring it over. We'll yeah, play yeah. it uh, with some more prairie artisanal mm-hmm. ales. And that's the thing. Like I want to, sh- if you buy a bottle, don't drink it alone. Don't be that guy. Share it. I. It's so much more enjoyable. Me as a beer drinker, I love sharing beers as much as I love drinking mm-hmm. beers. Um, Greg, friend mm-hmm. of the show, Greg, uh, super friend. Uh, he watched First Class. We talked about it this episode. He also bought Su- us beer, so he's a super Su- friend. He's a show. super friend. And, um, he appeared. Bought us beer. He gave me a buzz. He was working in Niagara Falls. He came. Uh, he sat on the front porch with my dad and my wife and I, and Aww. we sat there and we had some drinks and we enjoyed time. Front porch beers are so good. When when we left, uh, I was given some really shitty um, Celtic knot pint glasses that I was like, do you want these? I don't want these. So he came over to my house, he gave me those, and then I ran down in the beer cellar and I came up and I was like, hey, here is a Lagunitas um West, uh, oh, Westified. Westified. I gave him a year old KBS. I gave him a, uh, I gave him, um, an, uh, Woodcock Brothers number 12. Um, I, I gave him something else. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what I gave him, mm-hmm. but I took these things knowing that he is someone who Will enjoys appreciate. beers and appreciates them but isn't someone who actively seeks out beers. Hey, I have these in my cellar. I'm I'm not drinking these. Mm-hmm. Hey, here. And as a beer drinker, to share beers like that and to sit and drink and discuss, that's more interesting than just keeping these for myself. And yeah. you see these people who buy these beers and then they only want to trade for the best things or they're only going to sell them for this. That's not the point of being a beer drinker and having a connection to get something that other people can't. 
I buy beer so I know I can be able to give it to somebody that shows up. Shows up. Like I love just peachy, just because it's tea, it's peachy, but also because anybody can appreciate that beer. You don't need to be a beer connoisseur, a beer snob. Like it's that easy drinking beer that anybody can take a sip and be like, "Oh, I get the peach flavor. I get a little bit of that tea. This is nice. Oh, this is different. I can drink this with you." Uh, it like, was. I want to keep one of those beers in my fridge at all times. Uh, and like in my in my beer shop, I have a regular that comes by. I always let him know about something new that's coming out, much like I do with Paul. And and he goes, "Hey, I have I have some really good beer that I'm selling out of the back of my car. Do you want any of these?" Big sprang. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Yeah, no, like, not only is my you know my best friend up from Florida, these are things I would want to buy anyways. Yes, I will go to the trunk of your car and buy these beers." Things that we didn't review for the mm-hmm. show, things that we just sat around and drank and discussed as yeah, we had them to enjoy them. Exactly, as, as pure friends, and I paid twenty bucks for a four pack just to sit and have a conversation with you guys and share them, and that's what I think you miss out. Something like the pecan. It's not if you're just buying that for yourself and yeah. sitting and drinking. It's not as it, enjoyable. It's not as enjoyable. It's not nine dollars worth. And but me splitting with you. Yeah, and not that. only just having this conversation, but kind of having the conversation about drinking beer together as a group. That's, I mean, that's what one this podcast started as. Mm-hmm. This started as us just being people who went to a bar. We would, we'd all order something different, and then be like, "You got to try this." And then you have these three guys with two of them with beards and one of them with stubble, sharing glasses <laughs> at the end of a bar, and then being like, "Oh no, that's really good." The beer I got is shit. Excuse me, barmaid. Give me what he's drinking. You know, those those are the things that we've done outside of the show that we've now become that, hey, I showed up with this six-pack. Mm-hmm. Let's drink that. A little well, less let me apologize is, to all Chris the bartenders. I'm sorry I ever called you barmaids. <laughs> sorry. I thought I was being cool D&D. Barmaid? <laughs> it's not Bring cool. me another. It's not cool. I will have another, please. Uh, I'm sorry, but no, I mean, but but that's what being a beer drinker is. It's it's sharing beer, mm-hmm. being somebody who is hoity-toity and I have this and you have not. I am better than you. That's not what being a beer drinker is. That's not why these people but made these. Also, beers. at the same time, that's something we've kind of picked apart here on the show. Where it's like, if you're that beer drinker that's like placing something that's like, oh, I can get this, you can't. Five out of five, like, no, like, drink it, try it. Mm-hmm. Is this is this the best beer you've ever had? Would you put it at a five? If you're Paul, would you put it at a four? Four, four stars. Four out of five. Four out of five across the board. Everything I have, I like it. I just like everything. I like. Why do you hate everything? I like to like things, and I don't like it when I don't like things. So therefore, if I don't like it, I hate it. And Chris, uh, if can you, I talk about my whiskey? Uh, Chris, yes, Chris. If you like things, <laughs> if you like things, and sometimes you feel like you can't afford things, and you go for a lesser version of things, what do you get? What do you shove in your pie hole, Chris? Uh, all, all right. So, quick backstory: I went to the beer store. I tried to find the beer that uh, John and Paul were drinking. Success. Found one of them. I fifty percent success. 
Um, then we start drinking even more. <laughs> but like after buying my beer for the week, I was like, I really want a bottle of bourbon because I haven't had something on my shelf just to drink since I had the uh, the Angels on the 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 rum barrel two months ago. Now I was like, I just something to shit like, ooh, not shit, sit on the <laughs> shelf. I could just like go do like pour myself a glass of it, just drinking it after like a long day of work. Mm-hmm. I realized like in my budget right now, I can't afford that. So I was like, what can I afford that'll be tasty? Hobo wine. So, basically, I picked up the whiskey version of that, and this is Pie Hole. Uh, and this is a Canadian whiskey um, that's been aged with a cherry pie liqueur from uh, Pie O'Neering Whiskey. Oh. Yeah, clever. Uh, but Pie Pole, cherry pie. This is a cherry whiskey, or I'm sorry, a Canadian whiskey aged with cherry pie liqueur. $12 for the bottle. And um, I've literally drank half of this since I bought it yesterday. It's super delicious. A uh, 35% ABV. It's 70 proof. $12. This will do the job. You pour it. It tastes just like when you take a sniff. It's buttery cherry pie like crust. It's it's delicious on the nose. You take a sip. You're like, yeah, cherry sweetness on whiskey. Like, let's go. Give me more. I like it. Um before we started recording, I said they had a blueberry one, too. Ooh. Strike that. I was wrong. It's also apple and pecan is what they have. Ooh. Oh, I was excited for blueberry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> He's such a dick. I was wrong. Where's but the can? Apple and pecan? I, I really want both of those now. $12 for a bottle of this? Yeah, sign me up. Oh, I drank yeah. half of it within a day on top of beers because apparently I'm a lush who talks about comic books now. Um, but yeah, pie hole, cherry pie, uh, Canadian whiskey with cherry pie liqueur. You're delicious. I love you. Thank you for all that you've done for my liver within the past <laughs> day. Two hours. Wrap it up. All right. So, we talked about what's happening in comic books now. What has happened in comic books in the past that brought us into the store? What will what will make us come back? Like Marvel Legacy, they're saying, "Hey, this is us. We're going back to the well. We're going to give you those characters that you love." Is that going to make you come back to it to comic books weekly, or do we need something more? It's I I, I don't know. Go ahead, Kurt. John. The thing that I feel, and this is something that I haven't had in years, is the fact that the stories that are happening with these characters still matter and still resonate with them. And this is going, I mean, way, way, way back with these characters. And we're starting to get that feeling again with DC. Mm-hmm. Marvel, not so much. I mean, the thing is, is while we are still getting, like, that Rogue Avenger series, we got solicitations for that series is ending. This is what the new series is going to be. It's going to be Avengers versus Champions, uh, written by Mark Wade. Oh, that sounds great. And Mark Wade's also writing the Champions. 
So it's but, a generational yeah. war. But here, you just said that to me, and I just went, no, it's not. Uh, Chris went, oh. And then, I mean, that's the difference. <laughs> I really enjoyed Champions. But here's like the thing. Here's the thing. And it's Mark Wade. Wouldn't you just rather like him to continue to read that and not read why Champions is better than the Avengers? No, they're fighting. Why, why do the heroes need to fight? Why do the heroes need to fight? Because Civil War is still the number one selling comic book of the past 15 years from Marvel. I think that first issue said it best of why the champions need to be there. These are characters who still care that aren't very jaded. You put these characters fighting against the Avengers, it just takes away from the the champions and what because they stand for. If they're fighting against the Avengers, they're jaded against what the Avengers stand for. Therefore, they are jaded characters. Yeah. It, it just... It, to me, I see that, and I just see, uh, this is successful dollar signs, cha-ching, and I say, you're not getting my dollar. You're not getting, well, my dollars. Mm-hmm. No, I want I want to see that the stuff that's happening still matters, and that it resonates in that character, and that it continues to resonate in that character. That's the stuff that matters. I am more interested in the... Uh, Joker's War, more on the side of those two characters going to war with each other than the narrative that is the Batman who's telling the story to Catwoman as they lay in bed, mm-hmm. which each issue keeps ending that way, and it keeps hurting the book. You're and like, it's like, tell me the Joker versus the Riddler War. Just tell shut me up, that man. story. And shut up, Batman. Shut up, Batman. Exactly. It shouldn't be told from his point of view. Because it feels like it's glossing over the best things, which is bringing Riddler, bringing these characters together to fight against the Joker, and the Joker intimidating those characters to be on his team. That's not good storytelling. Yeah. It's soft storytelling. But it's the best storytelling that I'm getting right now, so I'm buying it. And it makes me not want to read comic books. It, it It's tough to continue reading this thing. That is, it's ebbs and flows. Everything's going to go up. Who's going to be on top? Who's going to be on bottom? These guys should just be working on telling the best stories, and it feels like they're trying to tell the stories that'll make the most money. And I think that's where this stuff is going wrong. Hey, Deadpool's coming to the Defenders, guys. Written by BK, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, because that seems like a money grab as well. Like, hey, not, exactly. That's why I don't care. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything with Deadpool seems like a money grab, but like, make me care about the characters, and I'll be there. Right. Champion is a book about characters that I ultimately don't care about, but reading that first issue made me care. I want to see where they go. I want to see where they wind up. Like, and that's what comic books need. Like, I will follow writers and artists around, but if they're on a character that I don't care about, I, I won't be there. I read, I think, ten issues of Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples' saga when I was on the plane to go back to Buffalo this past week. And reading those issues, I was like, oh my god, give me the next one, give me the next one, give me the next one. Saga's not a book that existed out of the like, last two years. But I was so brought in that 
I cared. It had weight. It mattered. Marvel, you can do this. DC, you can do this. You have characters that have like 60 years of history behind them. I care about that. Just, just make it a thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is, we, we already love the characters, so half the work's already done for you. Just oh my god, John. Story. Yes. Sorry, Paul. Go ahead. John. John Hazel in like in her school with her teacher that knew like her secret that's helping her escape from prison. It it made me care, and this character didn't last. Like it didn't exist two years ago. Mm-hmm. It but, did. It did. We still Paul, in the apartment when Paul, we were I'm it. sorry, Paul. You need to read Saga because everything you love about Why the Last Man. It might it's be there. Here. It's just. I, I it's, might. It's so sci-fi. It's so good. I just might need a full trade because that first issue, which was all about, oh, he's this brace prince and he has a tele- television for a head. I'm like, I, what is this shit? I don't care. Okay, don't read it as like, okay, here's a prince who has a television for a head. But well, you can tell me that all I want, all you want, Chris, because oh my, like I'm Paul. Prince Robot the Fourth, like would he stuck on, would he stuck on that planet and then like he has a kid of his own, like fuck. Uh, when his when his wife is killed and his child is stolen and then he's hunting yeah. the, by a dakini by another TV head. Oh, but he's hunting he's hunting but, the, but he's hunting like them down. Like janitorial worker. He's hunting him down across the universe to get his son back. Like, yeah, he's got a TV for a head, but he's doing whatever he can. He's given up his throne. He's given up his title. He's abdicated to find his son. Because that is the most thing important. That's the most important thing to him. <laughs> uh, hashtag what I love about what I hate about Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I uh, first trade it. I might, I might go back one of these days and read the first uh, trade. All right, you, you, Green you, Valley, you. Green Valley out for trading policy next week. Volume one and two. You made me read Superman <laughs> Birthright, which was what twelve issues? Yeah. But I also gave you how many months? You didn't give us that long. You did not give us that I long. I said, Beth, and here's the thing: is we you, always you gave us ample no like trade and policy what, time. No matter <laughs> what, and my arms are big and, and huge. Uh, we only read the trade and policy a day or two before we have to review the trade and policy. <laughs> no, so to read two trades right. within a week is not. It's nothing. Okay, you can do, do it. You have it. Yeah, I own them all. I own them all. Okay, they're on there. Because I this, own them in this, hard copy, and I rebought them again in digital okay, copy because I, I was like, I want to be able to read this whenever I want. Because I started Wonder Woman in hard copy, and I went back and started buying it in digital to make you guys read it. So uh, okay, so that's going to be our next week's topic: volumes one and two of Saga from Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. I look forward to going back to rereading it, because I haven't read those in, like, two years. Because we love stories. That's what we want. We just want good stories. And we love Brian K. Vaughn. (laughs) And PKV. Brian K. Vaughn, good stories. Fiona Staples on art. I'll read Archie because of that. Oh, God, what if we made Paul go back and rewatch Lost? (laughs) (laughs) I tried. It's not going to happen. It's so slow, guys. I do not care about Lost. I'm it's a TV series. Not even sorry about that. I'm downloading Volume 1 and Volume 2 right now to reread. 
All right. Well, <laughs> and it's gonna be it's gonna start downloaded. a thing. It's gonna be a start a thing where I'm like, oh, I gotta I'm gonna reread all of it now mm-hmm. again. Yeah, Mass Effect style. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, maybe we'll invite current wife to be on here to tell you again how wrong you are. Well, maybe I'll be right. Maybe after reading this, <laughs> maybe I'll, be, I'll like, be right. Maybe I'll finally be like, no, guys, I get it now. The first issue didn't it, grab it me. It won't be Paul being right. It'll be Paul falling in line with what everyone else has been <laughs> saying for the past, like, three years. Sure. John still doesn't like Why the Last Man. Let's just remember that. Oh, my God. Do we need to do that, too? <laughs> just saying. No, we did volume one, and I still, like, it just... He still didn't like it. Do I need to change my trading policy for uh, next <laughs> volume month two? to volume two? Maybe. Yup. Done. Out of, <laughs> done. Trading policy. Done. Col- colon. Out of spite. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to write us and review us out of spite, please don't. Just leave us five stars. Five star reviews. We love. Them. We haven't gotten a review on iTunes in forever. And uh, also let us know what trade or uh, trade you've been reading and what we should be reviewing. Reviewing. Uh, we were going to do something new, but uh, now we're forcing <laughs> Paul to read Saga. So I read number one. Listen to that not episode. It was good. I like Green Valley. That's all right. Yeah. Oh, Green Valley was really good. Yeah. It's a fast read, too. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Not talking about it, gang. We're talking about Saga. <laughs> you read some books for no reason. Eat it. Not for no reason. I still enjoyed it. Out of enjoyment. 